This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Good afternoon, everyone, from Bristol International Raceway. We're set to get at it here in the Valleydale Meets 500. 32 cars ready to do battle this afternoon, and battle is indeed the word, Eli Gold. A lot of concern that they will tear up quite a bit of equipment and a lot of wrinkled sheet metal before the day is over, but some super racing. Super racing, certainly. We have some very unusual circumstances here. Number one, the track has been repaved. That, in its own right, is, is unusual. It happens only occasionally at different racetracks. But on top of that, there's been very little practice, and there's been a lot of rain. So what little bit of rubber had been worked into the racetrack here on Friday during practice and qualifying runs has totally been washed away by the monsoon-like conditions that we had here yesterday. Conditions that, of course, cost us the running of the Budweiser 200 for the Bush Grand National cars. 32 cars are ready to go here this afternoon in the Valleydale Meets 500. Let's take a look at that starting lineup. In 32nd position, in on a provisional starting spot, Larry Pearson, Spartanburg, South Carolina, the Chattanooga Chew Racing Buick. Davey Allison, in on a provisional spot also, 31st in the field from Huey Town, Alabama, and the Texaco Haviland Ford. 30th Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi, and the Bullseye Oldsmobile. Neil Bonnet starts 29th out of Hueytown, Alabama, the Sitco Ford. 28th starter, Brad Teague of Johnson City, Tennessee, and the You Can Rent Chevrolet. 27th, Dick Trickle of Wisconsin's Rapids, Wisconsin, and the Miller American Buick. The 26th starter, Hut Strickland of Calera, Alabama, the Heinz Ketchup Racing Pontiac. 25th, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, the Kroger Pontiac. 24th starter is Brett Bodine of Chemung, New York, in the Motorcraft Ford. 23rd starter, Jim Sauter of Nacida, Wisconsin, in the Slender U Pontiac. 22nd, Bobby Hillen, Jr. of Midland, Texas, in the Miller Buick. And in 21st spot is Greg Sachs of Mattituck, New York, in the Crisco Racing Pontiac. Starting in 20th place, Dale Jarrett of Conover, North Carolina, the Hardy's Pontiac. 19th, Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, the Budweiser Ford. 18th starter is Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, in the Quaker State Buick, although he will likely have to go to a backup car after a practice accident here between rain showers yesterday, and he'll move to the back of the field once they do line up for the green flag. Kenny Schrader will start 17th from Fenton, Missouri. That that's the Folgers Coffee Chevrolet. 15th is Rick Mast of Rockbridge Baths, Virginia, in his own Chevrolet. 14th spot, that's Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the Sunoco Oldsmobile. 13th, Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee, the Tide Chevrolet. 12th starter, Eddie Beerswall of San Antonio, Texas, the Americraft Olds. And Harry Gant as the Skull Bandit starting in 11th spot. Rounding out the top ten, back in tenth position, Morgan Shepard of Conover, North Carolina, has the Valvoline Pontiac. The ninth starter is Butch Miller of Coopersville, Michigan, in the Phoenix Construction Chevrolet. Eighth starter, Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri, in the Kodiak Pontiac. Seventh, Mike Walter of Owensboro, Kentucky, the Country Time Pontiac. In sixth position, Phil Parsons of Detroit, Michigan, in the Crown Oldsmobile. Starting fifth, Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, the GM Goodrich Chevrolet. In the second row and fourth spot, Rick Wilson of Bartow, Florida, the Kodak Oldsmobile. Alan Kulwicki starts third from Greenfield, Wisconsin, in the Z-Rex Ford. And on the front row, Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York, and the Levi Garrett Chevrolet outside pole. And on the pole, Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas, in the Strolite Racing Ford. 
And as we said, at least an even dozen drivers broke the old track record. To give you an idea, as we said, this track will be lightning fast this afternoon, and things are going to happen in a hurry. Should Mark Martin win the race after having already won the pole, he'll pick up $30,400 as a bonus from Unical in the Unical 76 Challenge. And of those drivers who were here but could not qualify, Steve Seligman, J.D. McDuffie, Jimmy Means, and Ben Hess, Richard Petty has again missed the field, and Dave Marcus, after 296 seven races in a row. He hadn't missed a race since the LA Times 500 back in Ontario, California 1979. Dave Marcus has missed today's Valleydale 500. The action from Bristol comes up next. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Place car behind the pit wall. They come down to the line. Very slow start here at about 50, 60 miles an hour. Green flag is out. Martin tries to break free and get a single lane going into the corner. He'll do it as they race door to door for second spot off turn two. Martin's got the lead down on the inside of the racetrack. Now Alan Kulwicki jumps up to the second spot. Jeff Bodine is third. Rick Wilson fourth. Fifth now is Dale Earnhardt. Alan Kulwicki trying to make a move. Couldn't do so. Off turn number four. He'll settle in single file. Ricky Rudd in that backup car does start from the rear of the field. That's where he remains. Davey Allison is very loose. He'll try and get his car working as they're on the backstretch. Single file except back about the 15th position as Eddie Beerswall gets trapped on the outside lane. About four cars get by him as they head back to turn three. Eddie Beerswall just found himself out there, tried to squeeze back in. A couple of cars bumped him and said, nope, we can't let you back in line. You make that mistake, you're going to pay the price, and that's exactly what he's doing. Single file, back to turn three. Jeff Bodine in the third spot, drops down to the inside of the racetrack, coming off turn number two. Tried to get a spot there on the Alan Kowicki car, but he falls back in single file. It's single file all the way back to about 15th in line, where now Dale Jarrett makes a move inside of Eddie Beer. Beers Wall, Beers Wall still can't back in line as the leaders are off turn two. Single file again, Mark Martin leading the parade by a car length over Alan Kowicki. Bodine is third, fourth now is Rick Wilson, fifth is Dale Earnhardt. Back in sixth position, that's Mike Waltrip riding along in seventh, Phil Parsons, then Rusty Wallace, and Morgan Shepard. It's a single file as they work all the way around this racetrack and off turn number two. Jeff Bodine's the one who keeps trying to test the waters here coming off the corners. He's dropped down to the inside several times and trying to make a move on Alan Kowicki. This time he tries the outside of the racetrack, but again falls back in line. Now it is totally single file as Eddie Beerswall finally gets back in line. We watch Lake Speed smoking the tires between three and four as the field is still single file. Here's Darrell Walton now trying to hold off a challenge right behind him, the Sterling Marlin car. He's hooked up quite well back in about the 18th position, but again, they too go single file. So far, mostly just single file racing as they feel this racing surface out here early this afternoon out of turn two. Sterling Marlin now makes his move back about the 12th position down to the inside of Darrell Waltrip. He picks up a spot. Looks like Marlin's hooked up pretty well here this afternoon. We're continuing to look at Lake Speed's car, and that doesn't seem now to be tire smoke. What I thought was during the moves in the corners now continues to come from the rear of the automobile. Further back, Ricky Rudd making a move, and now they're putting, I believe, the black flag on Lake Speed. Harold Kinder extends it out over the racetrack, and Lake Speed will be coming on to Pitt Road here in a moment. We are nine laps in. 500 make up the distance. Mark Martin continues to lead. Kowicki is second. They're off turn two. Jeff Bodine still sits in the third spot, not able 
able to get by, so he settles in there for a while. Fourth is still Rick Wilson, and fifth is Dale Earnhardt. So far, the groove has been right at the bottom of the racetrack. Every driver we talked to here on Friday when they were out practicing said that the car is sticking so well at the bottom of the track, but we'll see that groove start working up, and once we do, we may see some problems here at Bristol. Darrell Waltrip has lost a couple of spots. He was out of line going off into turn number one as Bill Elliott gets by, and he is going to have to tuck in back there and work his way back up toward the front of the pack. He's about 14th position. Mark Martin is a leader, a couple of forwards up at the front. The battle now is for third spot. Rick Wilson dives to the inside of the racetrack, makes contact with Jeff Bodine, pulled up alongside, but Bodine outruns him back to turn three. Although Wilson is from Florida, he is a favorite here. The car is maintained in Abington, Virginia, just about 18 miles up the road, and that battle now for third continues with Wilson inside of Bodine. And Wilson makes his move this time, gets the position. Dale Earnhardt tries to also take that inside line. He can't make the move. Bodine holds him off. Once we see cars start running door to door, side by side, doing a little racing at the front of the pack, sometimes it becomes epidemic here at Bristol, and then we see everybody start racing. Terry Levani gets jostled out of line, going up in turns three and four, and he also is going to lose some spots here in the west end of the speedway as he works out of turn number two. You can lose so quickly if you get out of line. Darrell Waltrip lost three or four spots a while ago. Terry Labonte just lost spots to Bobby Hillen and Ernie Irvin as he too got out of the groove. Here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, 24 laps complete. Mark Martin continues to lead. Scary moment seconds ago for Dale Earnhardt in turn two, Joe Moore. Even after 24 laps of racing, Eli, some of the cars are having some problems keeping them down at the bottom of the racetrack. Dale Earnhardt is one of those. He was running up in the top five just a few moments ago. Going into turn number one, his car kicked out, went way up the banking. When he tried to bring it back down in the line, Phil Parsons was there to make the move. Parsons got by. The two cars connected for a few moments, but a scary moment there for Earnhardt as he now is trying to hold off Rusty Wallace. Leader across the start-finish line. The leader being Mark Martin. A couple of Fords at the front of the field here in the early going this afternoon. The Valleydale meets 500. Martin is a leader. Alan Kowicki rides second. Rick Wilson is third. Fourth is Jeff Bodine. Mike Waltrip hangs in there in fifth position. Phil Parsons has now moved up to sixth. Dale Earnhardt is seventh. Back in the eighth spot right now is Sterling Marlin. And ninth is Rusty Wallace. And rounding out the top ten, Morgan Shepard. They're out of turn two. Field pretty much single file among the top ten or so, but way back in the field, there's a lot of jostling going on, particularly when they get up in the banking who turns one and two. Right now off turn two, Harry Gant tries to make a move to the inside of Morgan Shepard. He closes off that chance. Further back on the back straightaway, Ernie Irvin is battling there with Dale Jarrett. They, too, go back into single file in turn three. If there's a nice problem for a racing fan here at Bristol and you just don't know where to look first, that action involving Earnhardt and uh, Sterling Marlin continuing at a turn number three and Sterling holding off Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt off to the high side. One car that's really on the move now is Greg Sachs. It took him a while to get free of Dale Jarrett, Ernie Irvin, and the Jim Sauter cars. Once he kind of bulled his way through, in the case of Sachs, he has left those cars and now chases down Darrell Waltrip. Right on his rear deck as he heads down the back straightaway back into turn number three. Again, Waltrip, one of those not handling quite that well. That's going to pay off for Greg Sachs. Waltrip goes up high. Sachs picks up that position. Mark Martin is the leader. He's already caught the tail end of the field. The tail end of the field right now being Hut Strickland's so he will be one of the first cars to go a lap down. The pace that Martin is setting here this afternoon as he heads back off into turn number one. And he's open a little daylight now on Alan Kowicki of about three or four car lengths out of two. Kowicki is there trying to hold off the challenge of the third place car of Rick Wilson. He too hooked up quite well this afternoon. Behind him, the Jeff Bodine car. Then it's Michael Waltrip and Phil Parsons. Michael Waltrip with a super run. Those cars are now pulled away by better than a second from Sterling Marlin. Rusty Wallace still unable to get around Dale Earnhardt, try as he might. Now Hutch Strickland trying to 
avoid going a lap down. He'll try to hold off Mark Martin as they come down the back stretch going into the corner, though. He'll drop down to the low side. Martin, though, is not able to climb the banking, so he follows Hunt Strickland again. You can have a car that's a little bit off the pace, and you can use up a lot of racetrack here at Bristol, Tennessee, and that's exactly what he did. Hunt Strickland did for a lap or so, but now it isn't going to pay off for him as he has gone a lap down. Leaders back into three. Kenny Schrader's out of control in turn number four. He can't save it before he goes nose first into the outside retaining wall. He'll bring it to the apron of the racetrack out of everybody's way. The car continues to roll as we are under caution. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Pontiac safety car is down the pit road, out of everyone's way. Field comes off turn number four. Green flag from Harold Kinder. Very quickly, Hutch Strickland will stay that one lap down as Ernie Irvin scoots by to the outside. So does Alan Kowicki as we're back to green here in Bristol. Kowicki races alongside the Hutch Strickland car. Now puts him away as they head down the back straightaway. Mark Martin next in line in single file. He'll get trapped behind the Hutch Strickland cars. They all go single file off turn four. Give a call to Ernie Irvin. He got a good start there and is pulled away from Alan Kowicki. Some good heads up driving by him. He's put about five or six car lengths on Alan Kowicki, the second place car. They're heading back to three. First two cars get around the lapped car. Everyone else is still battling with Hutt Strickland. Mark Martin now drops to the inside of the racetrack at turn number three. Strickland goes high. Martin and Jeff Bodine get by. Now Dale Earnhardt trying to make the move to the inside. Rick Wilson will likewise do so as the Heinz catch-up car for Hutt Strickland continues to climb the banking off turn two. Single file while further back in the field. Phil Parsons picks off a couple of cars as he comes off turn number two. Quickly gets around the Ricky Rudd car. Also getting by by Ricky Rudd is Bill Elliott. He makes a move down to the inside. Well, for the most part, in the early going here this afternoon, the Valleydale 500, we've seen a lot of single-file racing, but that will change before the day is over. You can bet your bottom dollar on that. Ernie Irvin continues to lead, and Kowicki is not gaining any ground on this young driver as he chases him back into turns one and two. The interval just about the same, making about six or seven car lengths now off two. Irvin's car is hooked up here, coming off the corner. Looks to be as hooked up as anyone further back into field. Watching a good battle for the eighth position here as Rusty Wallace is trying to hold off Dale Jarrett. Jarrett Garrett made a move to the outside coming off turn number two and picked up that ninth position. Now off turn number four, Rusty Wallace had an idea to make the pass again, but he couldn't. Remember, Ernie Irvin ran well at Darlington, and Bristol is the type of racetrack, if you hit the combination, you can do well. Remember this race a year ago, Dave Marcus led so many laps before finally being bypassed. So this is a racetrack that could well smile on the unexpected runner. Here's Irvin leading him off turn number two. Kroger Chevrolet leading away by about four or five car lengths over Alan Kowicki. Kowicki is the they're still trying to hold off Mark Martin. Jeff Bodine, about two car lengths off his rear deck. And Ricky Rudd is losing some ground. He got out of shape going through one and two. He's going to lose another spot. Is going underneath him out of turn number four right now as they come down the front straightaway. Trouble in turn number two. Eddie Beerswall looped the car coming into the corner. The car went around, collected about three other machines. Larry Pearson is involved there. The Brett Bodine also in- involved. One car down on the inside of the racetrack, that of Butch Miller, also involved. All the cars able to fire up and drive away, but quite a bit of damage and a bit of debris on the speedway in turn number two. 
So we are under caution for the second time this afternoon on lap number 57. So as the field comes off turn number four, the green flag again flies from Harold Kinder. Lake Speed returns from behind the wall after repairs on his car. And Hutt Strickland's going to work to get his lap back if he can off turn two. And he gets around Ernie Irvin for the time being. Irvin stays on the outside line. Now, though, falls back in single file behind Hutt Strickland. They race hard off the corner. Touch for a moment. Hutt Strickland gets bumped a little bit from the rear as they come off the corner. Head back into turn number one. Alan Kowicki had thoughts of getting three wide there out of turn number four. Changed his mind in a hurry. They're back in three. Again, it's Irvin trying to lap again the car of Hutt Strickland. Back into turn number three. He'll follow single file. Alan Kowicki right behind it. Jeff Bodine sitting third. And Dale Earnhardt beginning to pick his way through race traffic. Obviously, that pit stop a moments ago doing the good rent Chevrolet a whole lot of good. The leaders are back off turn two. Once again, a challenge down to the inside. Ernie Irvin getting Hutt Strickland almost sideways coming off the banking of turn number two, but he holds on to the car. They'll go to it again off turn four. Ernie Irvin had a fender up alongside for a moment. Couldn't do anything. Now the battle will be for the lead. Alan Kulwicki took a look underneath Irvin as they went into turn number one. No running room there. They're out of two and heading back up the back stretch. Single file, but halfway down the back stretch. Here is Irvin going to work on the outside of Hutt Strickland. He'll take care of that car off turn four. Now remember, Hutt Strickland is a lap down. He was working to get back on the lead lap. Now he will go a lap down again as Ernie Irvin goes by. Alan Kowicki nearly goes to the wall as he clicked sides with the Hutt Strickland car. But he battles back and hangs on to his position, holding back Jeff Bodine, who thought he was going to be able to jump up there and take the second spot. So Kowicki holds on to the second position. Bodine still is in third. Lake Speed is back in the race, but he is many, many laps down, and we'll get the rundown on that for you here in just a moment. Ernie Irvin works up the back straightaway, doing a great job at the early going here this afternoon of leading the Valleydale 500. Alan Kowicki rides second. That's the closest thing to a good battle on the racetrack. Third is Jeff Bodine. Fourth right now is Mark Martin. Fifth is Dale Earnhardt. Gets a little tight from there back as they work out of turn number two. In the sixth position now is Rick Wilson. Seventh will be the Neil Bonnet car. Eighth now is the Michael Walter machine. Ninth is Harry Gannon. Tenth is Sterling Marlin. Eleventh is Rusty Wallace. Twelfth, Darrell Waltrip. Thirteenth is Dale Jarrett. Rick Mast is fourteenth. Davey Allison runs fifteenth. Sixteenth belongs to Dick Trickle, and that's the best battle on the racetrack now as Trickle and Greg Sachs are side-by-side for 16th in turn two. Sachs has the inside line, and that pays off for him as he gets by Dick Trickle. Trickle trapped on the outside. Now Morgan Shepard drops down to the inside of the racetrack. He, too, picks up a spot, as does Jim Sauter, all getting by Dick Trickle. It was almost not a nice day, Barney, for Alan Kowicki moments ago. He lost the second spot. He got a little squirrely going through one and two. Car kicked sideways on him, and Jeff Bodine took advantage of it and ducked under to take away the second spot. They're over in turn three. Single file as they work off the corner still, though, chasing the Ernie Irvin car as he crosses his dart finish line. It's basically single file now all the way around the racetrack until we get back to turn three where a number of the cars on the lead lap, including Phil Parsons, trying to work inside of Hutch Strickland. Larry Pearson, who is a couple of laps down or a lap down at this moment, also moves around Hutch Strickland coming off turn two. When they get side-by-side, that's when the action really happens here at uh, Bristol, coming off the corner particularly, and seeing the cars that are able to handle well there at the bottom of the racetrack. They can put the car at the bottom and usually pay off going to the outsiders, really taking a chance here at Bristol with the new asphalt being as grainy as it is, plus some of the debris up on the high side of the racetrack. That's where a car tends to get loose sometimes, and we'll see them break loose and sometimes come about sideways off turn two. Eddie Beerswall back in the pits again as they continue to do more work. He was caught up in that accident over there a moment ago. Trouble up in turn number four. Four. Butch Miller's car tags the wall. There is caution on the speedway. The Coopersville, Michigan driver found the wall just underneath, appropriately enough, the goodies headache powder sign because he's got a dandy right now as he takes the car towards the pit wall, and we are under caution. So on the 82nd lap, caution for the third time this afternoon here at the Valleydale 500. 
NASCAR season is here and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn? Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws? If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Race car behind the pit wall, we're set to go racing. Larry Pearson will be the first one to get the green flag. He's on the tail end of the lead lap, but he is back on the lead lap. Elliott is the leader as they whistle off into turn number one. Single file, they tuck in very quickly. Riding in second spot is Ricky Rudd, then Greg Sachs. Elliott, the leader, has four cars directly ahead of him. The Brett Bodine car, Jeff Bodine, Larry Pearson, all lined up single file here as Elliott tries to get around him off turn four. A stop and go penalty having been assessed to Alan Kulwicki. The Xerox Ford stops and now pulls away. He is remaining on on the lead lap, but he's going to have to work hard to stay there as the leader set back to three. Elliott holds the lead, sits there for the time being. Right behind him, though, Ricky Rudd's having a hard time keeping Greg Sachs, who's sitting in third, from getting around. Sachs follows Rudd, this time off the corner. I'll tell you who's really got the car hooked up is Ernie Irvin. He's as strong as anybody out there. Every time he catches somebody, if he can't get by them, he's very strong coming off the corners, going through the turns. He's got a car that's handling just about as well as anybody out there. He's led a great portion of this race this afternoon. We'll be coming up on 100 laps right now as they cross the start-finish line. Bill Elliott takes him back into turn number one. Right behind him, Ricky Rudd in second spot. Sachs is third. Fourth is Ernie Irvin. Then it's Dale Earnhardt and Rick Mast. And it's hot up front as they try to find some room to get around these lapped cars up front. Elliott's trying to get around the Larry Pearson car. And, of course, that's holding everybody else up. Rudd trying to hold off the Greg Sachs car. And Ernie Irvin also trying to get by. Greg Sachs trying to make a move inside of Ricky Rudd now. That's for second spot. He goes inside of Rudd, takes the spot. And here comes Ernie Irvin also. Side by side on the back straightaway is a hit for turn number three. Irvin has the inside line. And that works for him as he gets by Ricky Rudd. Now Dale Earnhardt gets by. Also the 66 of Rick Mast makes his move. They just literally shut the door on Ricky Rudd. He can't get tucked back in the line and he's going to lose at least five or six spots as they work out of turn number two and head back to three. Rudd again tries to hold it down on the racetrack and does this time as everyone is able to get by. Still up front, Bill Elliott leads the way off turn four. You know, we're also seeing by virtue of the running the last couple of weeks a tribute to Jake Elder and the way he's been able to prepare the Greg Sachs machine both last week at Darlington and again here today. And Bob Johnson. Let's see if one of our pit reporters has caught up with Bob Johnson. Eli, we have, and when Ernie Irvin just went around Ricky Rudd, Bob Johnson was waving him on just like a fan. Bob, you really got the car hooked up well. Okay, we kind of hit it, you know. How does Ernie feel about running up front? Has he said anything about that? No, it's been really pretty good, and I just told him use his head and, you know, stay calm. Well, maybe we'll be looking good here for today's out. We'll see what happens. All smiles down here in the Kroger pits. DK Ulrich, the car owner, along with Bob Johnson and the rest of the crew, all smiles. Best battle on the racetrack will be for eighth position. Ricky Rudd's trying to hold on to it. Dale Jarrett's there, also the Sterling Marlin car, trying to get by Rudd. Rudd doing his best to try to hold the Quaker State Buick down on the bottom of the racetrack. 107 laps are complete. 500 make up the total distance here this afternoon. Greg Sachs wants the lead. Here comes Ernie Irvin. He'll tag Sachs in the rear. The car slide to turn three. Sachs down on the inside of the racetrack. Almost lost control. He went sideways. He now gets by. Also, Ernie Irvin makes the move by. So Sachs now is the leader. Ernie Irvin is second. Elliott drops to third. Tell you what, that's one of the <laughs> best pieces of driving I've seen in a long, long time by Greg Sachs. He saved a race car that was literally turned around backwards and keeps it in a straight line and doesn't lose that much on the speedway just to save 
save the car was a major accomplishment for Greg Sachs, and to hang on to the lead and get the lead in that little deal over there is totally unreal. These fans loved every minute of it. 113 laps are on the board. We are at Bristol International Raceway, Bristol, Tennessee. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall, Joe Moore, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly. Our engineers are Harry Howard and Clay Stalker. We are 117 laps complete in the 500-lap Valleydale 500. Greg Sachs continues to lead the event over Ernie Irvin. Those two cars now coming back across the stripe. They have pulled away comfortably by uh, just about a second from third place running Bill Elliott, then Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin holding down the fifth spot. Greg Sachs, how do you attack a racetrack that is shaped like a cereal bowl, kind of like Bristol? Well, I think this place is you got to approach it the same uh, ideas as New Darlington. you got to race the track. you got to stay within yourself. Because if you get too involved with racing another guy, it's so fast here, you're going to get in trouble. Now, that's what they tell you on the tape, and then they go out there and they get involved racing the other guy as is happening again. Greg Sachs doing a fine job of racing, holding off Ernie Irvin, who is having clearly the run of his life in Winston Cup competition. We told you a moment ago the Motorcraft Ford had been involved in an accident early this afternoon, quite a bit of front end damage. They've got it repaired, and he is back on the racetrack. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. We're standing here with Bud Moore, the car owner and crew chief of the Motorcraft Ford. Bud, what's the, how about the damage on the car? Well, we got a little front end damage right in front end, but the car's running awful good right now, so we're going to try to make our lap up. Not a whole lot of concern in the Motocraft Ford kit, as you might expect, but the, front, the right front of the grill has been removed from the car. Bud's cars always run really good here at Bristol. They've, when Ricky Rudd drove the car, they had a lot of second-place finishes, and just about everybody that's been here in his car has had good runs, but they've had more than their share of bad luck to get caught up in an accident and just haven't had that many wins. Give third place now to Dale Earnhardt. He's made the move around Bill Elliott, who is now in fourth. Give next position to Sterling Marlin. He's just made the move for fifth place inside and around Mark Martin. So the positions shuffle up a bit as the leaders are in traffic on the backstretch. Trying to get around the Larry Pearson car is Greg Sachs, the race leader. He'll go to the high side to get around Pearson. Pearson breaks loose. Car spins around. That holds up Sachs. Ernie Irvin is able to get by and he takes the lead. Caution is on the speedway. Larry Pearson spins, keeps the car off the wall. The whole field will have to dive to the bottom of the racetrack as he is sitting right out in the middle of turn number four just coming out of that corner. And yellow is on the field for the fourth time this afternoon. It'll come out on lap 125. Back to Joe Moore. Good nomination for the Cool Move of the Race Award to Greg Sachs there. He was in the lead, went to the outside of the racetrack to try to get by the lap car of uh, Larry Pearson. Pearson's car broke loose at that moment. Sachs just got on the brakes and held the car up. That cost him the lead. Ernie Irvin got by, but at least he had made no contact whatsoever. He still holds on to the second spot. Quite a few of the cars elected not to make a pit stop under this caution. Uh, Bobby Hillen stays on the racetrack. He may be posted as the leader, Harry Gant did not pit, so he should be in second. Morgan Shepard also did not come on a pit road, neither did Darrell Waltrip. And, of course, Alan Kulwicki was in a moment ago, so he lines up back there in fourth position. Last year's Bush 500, which is the fall race here at Bristol, or the late summer race, if you will, had a record 23 lead changes. We've seen a good bit of scuffling around for the lead here so far this afternoon. 127 laps are complete. They are showing Hillen as the leader, with Harry Gant next in line second, then Morgan Shepard, followed by the Alan Kulwicki machine in line, followed then by Dale Earnhardt, who is fifth, Bill Elliott sixth, Rusty Wallace seventh, Sterling Marlin eighth, Mark Martin ninth, and Rick Mass tenth. Green flag from Harold Kinder. Further back, you've got the cars of Ernie Irvin, Greg Sachs, all picking their way through race traffic to the front here on the restart. 
Bobby Hillen brings him off turn number two is the lap car of Jim Sauters trying to work on him coming off the corner. He'll fall in line right behind Hillen. Then it's a second place car of Harry Gant followed by Morgan Shepard and Alan Kulwicki. Bobby Hillen had one of his best runs in a long, long time at Darlington last week. Now leads this race here at Bristol, Tennessee out of turn number two. Gant's caught back there in a little traffic and is losing some ground. Gant separated from Hillen by the Jim Sauter car. Sauter's trying to get back on the lead lap. Continues working on Bobby Hillen. Sauter lost the lap on pit road and he's trying his best he can to get it right back here. He's just inside of Bobby Hillen, but he can't hang on to the spot. Got a fender alongside, but it didn't work coming off turn two. He'll try again. Hillen cocks the car almost sideways coming off turn number two. Gathers it back in. Is back in turn number three. Here's Sauter going to work on him. Sauter taps him a little bit coming through the corner. The fans have been on their feet for the last seven or eight laps watching this one here. He won't be able to get his lap back there. He chases him off turn number two. Can't get underneath him there either. Bobby Hillen brings him off the corner again. Harry Gant's a second place car. Third is Morgan Shepard. Fourth is Alan Kowicki. And fifth is the Dale Earnhardt car. Further back, Sterling Marlin making a move inside of Rusty Wallace's Pontiac as Wallace went up the banking. It also opens the inside groove for Mark Martin, who will try and take advantage of Wallace in turn two. And up front, Jim Sauter gets his lap back as the leader, Bobby Hillen, skits up the banking in turn number two. So Sauter gets around. Also, Harry Gant gets around. Gant's the new race leader. After a win last week at Darlington, Harry Gant again atop the leaderboard here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. You're tuned to MRN Radio. We're bringing you live coverage of the Valleydale 500 for the Bush Grand National Series of NASCAR, the sixth race of the 1989 Winston Cup racing season. Morgan Shepard, who runs well at this racetrack, be it Bush Series Racing or the Winston Cup, he is in second spot. Dale Earnhardt third, Bill Elliott fourth, and Sterling Marlin is in the fifth position. Three cars that are really having some problems getting through the corners and are losing positions. Bobby Hillen is going toward the tail end of the field in a hurry. So is Terry Labonte, and Alan Kowicki's car has not been up to snuff in the last few laps also. He's having a lot of problems. That car has not worked like he normally does at Bristol ever since early afternoon. We're showing 144 laps complete. If you just joined our broadcast, we're at Bristol International Raceway for the running of the Valleydale Meets 500. Harry Gant, who got his first victory last week in a long, long time, is working on number two here this afternoon. He currently leads in the Valleydale 500, but he has company right behind him. Morgan Shepard's definitely tracking him down. We've been watching him the last couple of laps. He's moved in closer and closer, making about a two-car length separation now as they head for the start-finish line. Dale Earnhardt is running in third spot. Remember how well Earnhardt hustled his race car around Darlington a week ago? I asked him yesterday if he can do that same kind of a maneuver here as tough a track as Bristol is. Well, it's it's pretty quick, but uh, still after you run uh, 50 to 75 laps on the track, if the car gets a little bit uh, loose or, you know, a little pushy, you can compensate somewhat for it. Uh, you know, some of the guys aren't that used to doing that at a racetrack like this. They, you know, got to be pretty close to right to get around here. And, uh, you know, I can get a car around here pretty good if it's not right after a long run. Well, he's done just that because he made a move, as did Morgan Shepard, around Harry Gant. So Shepard leads now going up to turn three. Gant seemed to let him go as if to say, go ahead, guys, I don't need it. He just kind of held his car to the outside of the racetrack. Both of them moved by. So Morgan Shepard now is a race leader. Trouble out of turn number four. Gant is out of control. Car just looped around. He brushed the outside wall very lightly. Larry Pearson taps him in the rear end. Won't be any damage there, but he keeps it in a straight line. And yellow is on the speedway again. This will be the sixth one. This afternoon, it's Gant. Just looped it coming out of turn number four. Back to Joe Moore. Gant had, uh, again, we said he had kind of moved his car to the outside to let the guys go by. Maybe he knew something was going wrong with the car. Looks like a right rear tire as he comes by our position. He moved off turn number four. The car just looped around. Again, he did a good job keeping it out of the way of oncoming traffic. Spun down to the inside of the racetrack, and he's headed for pit road. 
Let's well, go to the pits and Jim Phillips. Dale Earnhardt is in. They were at the Hoosier tires on that last time out. They switched from the Goodyears to the Hoosiers, and they're going to stay with the Hoosiers this time. They're going to change all four tires, put in Union 76 gasoline. Also, Dick Trickle is in. Also on this end, Morgan Shepard, who's having a super run this afternoon. And Harry Gant has got his service done, and they started back out on the racetrack. Now, Gant did not pit under that last caution. He stayed on the racetrack along with Bobby Hillen and Morgan Shepard. Darrell Waltrip tucked in at the last minute, and Alan Kowicki did not pit. And three of those four cars have had problems. And whether it came from not pitting and taking advantage of that last caution is anybody's guess. They're down and away right now. Here's Kowicki back on pit road. Let's go to the back pits. Jim Sauter was the first car into the slender U Pontiac, and he's down and away, along with Greg Saxon, Bobby Hillen Jr., along with Hutch Strickland, also in on the back pits. The Quaker State Buick of Ricky Rudd and Terry Labonte in the Budweiser Ford. It's four tires all the way around for the cars on the backstretch. Brad Teague still up on the jacks. Joey Arrington and the crew making a four-tire change, along with Lake Speed. He, too, will get four tires. Let's go to the Harry Gant pit. Well, Harry Gant was back in for service. They're staying with the Hoosier tires. He's one of the cars that did not pit the last time. And I checked the tires after the second round of pit stops, and the Hoosiers seem to be doing better. The first time, there were some blistered tires. The second time, we didn't see any blistered tires on the Hoosiers. Of course, the Goodyears are still getting the wear that they had before. Sterling Marlin came in and got four tires. Also, Alan Kowicki, who did not pit the last time, got four. Darrell Waltrip got four this time. He got two the last time. And also, they put two rounds of wedge in the Darrell Waltrip car. He's had trouble with that car being loose this afternoon. There's several drivers that are out of sync as far as pit stops, and there's a, it's kind of fluctuating back and forth as to who will be up front, depending on who comes in on what caution flag, and it's kind of jumbled the field. We'll see one group of cars running at the front of the pack one minute. They'll make a caution. Half of them will dive onto pit road, and it'll change totally at the front. At least the front five that are now behind the pace car and leading this race did not elect to come onto pit road. Rusty Wallace being posted as a leader. Then Mark Martin would be second. Third, Ernie Irvin. Fourth, Rick Mast. And rounding out the top five, Rick Wilson. We're about to go back to green here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. One team has just not gotten the car going as best they would like this afternoon. Terry Labonte in the Budweiser Ford. Winston Kelly is in that pit area. We're with Tim Brewer, crew chief on Terry Labonte's Ford. How about the damage to the car, Tim? Well, you know, it's kind of beat up a little bit, Winston, but, the, you know, things are really not hurt that bad. You know, they somebody stopped down here in the corner, and he ran up under him. Somebody nailed him in the back. And somebody put tire marks all down the right side. But, you know, things really not hurt that bad, so we're still in pretty good shape. That's Tim Proer, crew chief on Terry Labonte's fourth Thunderbird. Pace car leads him over into turn number three. It'll be a double file restart. Lap cars down to the inside. Cars on the lead lap outside. Wallace is the leader. Right behind him is Mark Martin second, then Ernie Irvin, then Rick Mast, and then Rick Wilson round out the top five. Jeff Bodine got his lap back on that encounter a moment ago. He's back in sixth position. Seventh right now is Dale Jarrett. We're back under green as Rusty Wallace hauls it off into turn number one, tries to get away from everybody, and Wallace slows a little bit, drifts up in the corner as they come out of the turn. Jim Sauter is able to get his lap back. He just rockets down to the inside of the racetrack. Picks up some five car lengths on the leader, Rusty Wallace. And now as Wallace again goes up the banking, Hutt Strickland goes by him to the inside. And now it's up to Mark Martin and Ernie Irvin to try and settle the next spot in line along with Rick Mass. Wallace tries to hold it down. Is able to do so for a moment. Here, though, comes Ernie Irvin down on the inside of the racetrack. Now Irvin goes to the outside. Rick Mass, too, goes to the outside. It's a battle for the lead off four. And Rusty Wallace has got a problem. He slowed dramatically going down the back straightaway. Whatever it is, whether there's a tire going down or something else, he almost got run over coming through both ends of the racetrack. He's trying to get down on the apron of the racetrack right now. Meanwhile, the battle for the lead is a good one. It's Ernie Irvin leading the way. Rick Wilson's taking him to the second position now. And Rick Mass 
past is in third. And the man who really gets in a jam here is Mark Martin. Unfortunately for him, he got stuck in behind Rusty Wallace as Rusty was slowing. Mark had nowhere to go. He'll drop about 18 or 19 positions as Rusty Wallace now comes to a stop outside and past his pit stall. Jim Phillips? Well, he overshot his pit. He's going to have to go back around. He's going to lose some valuable time. Harold Elliott had the pit board out, but Rusty just couldn't get the car cut in his pits. He has to go all the way back around. And we've got caution on the speedway. There's debris on the racetrack, and there is caution on the speedway, as Jim Phillips says, on lap number 161. So caution for the seventh time this afternoon, and we'll find out exactly what happens here with Rusty Wallace's car. He'll stay on the racetrack this time by, but it really was, Barney, the man who really got uh, messed up in that whole restart was poor old Mark Martin. He got sandwiched in behind Rusty as Rusty slowed, and Martin couldn't get away from him and lost about 15 or 16 spots. Well, as the driver's tell your track position is everything so mark martin has really got shuffled back in the running order now he is on pit road let's go to jim phillips well mark martin is all the way down on the other end of pit road they're going to the right side of the stroll line forward the jack rouse team changing the right side tires and now they're going to go around to the left side change all four tires and put in gasoline and we talked to one of the tire gentlemen from hoosier tires he said another problem arising today is new asphalt there's some sharp rocks sticking up out of the asphalt and it's cutting the tires Harry Gant is also in. He's going back onto the racetrack. Here's Rusty Wallace. He came in the pits, didn't get any service now, ducks off the corner up in turn number four, and will bring his car back to pit road for attention, back to Jim Phillips. And Harold Elliott has the pit board out, and this time he comes in slowly. Jimmy Maycar and John Dotson go to the right side. Barry Dotson on the jack, and it's just a routine stop for them. They're changing all four tires. They're staying with the Hoosier brand of tires. They been racing on the Hoosiers all day, and they're staying with them this time. The right side is on. They're bringing off the left side, and it looks like it's going to be a, a good stop for this Rusty Wallace team. But a while ago, it just looked like Rusty didn't see his pit. Went right on by. Winston Kelly. Only three cars stopped on the back stretch. Hutch Strickland just got four tires, and he's down in the way. And his also in for service was Brad Teague in his Chevrolet. Still sitting on pit road working on the rear end of the car again is Lake Speed in his Oldsmobile. A break on that caution flag for Jim Sauter. As he got his lap back in the slender Pontiac. Jim Sauter had just gotten in and around Rusty Wallace, and he's now back on the lead lap. Indication we may go green next time by from Harold Kinder. A couple of cars behind the pit wall besides Lake Speed, Butch Miller, and of course, if you just joined our broadcast, the Folgers coffee machine of Kenny Schrader had an accident coming out of turn number four early this afternoon and knocked him out of the event here today. Marty? the reason that Rusty Wallace came in, he had a right front tire that was flat. The right front on his tire was flat. He was riding on the innerliner. So that brings you up to date as we're about set to go back to green. A tip of the hat to the Armour NASCAR Driver of the Week, Mike McLaughlin, with his win last Sunday at Thompson Speedway in Connecticut, driving the Coors Extra Gold car on the NASCAR Winston Modified Tour. Mike McLaughlin picking up $500 from Armour as the NASCAR Driver of the Week. They're forming up for the restart in turn three in front of Joe Moore. Pontiac safety car leads him back up the banking of turn number three. It's Ernie Irvin leading the way once again with the Rick Wilson car sitting in the second spot. Rick Mast is in the third position. Fourth now is Jeff Bodine. Dale Jarrett now up to the fifth position. Lapped cars down to the inside as they're ready to get back to green. Pace car in behind the pit wall. Very slow start out of turn number four as Ernie Irvin holds him down to give himself time to get up through that gearbox in a hurry. Larry Pearson's going to race him off into the corner and try to get ahead of the leader out of turn number two and Pearson will do it. Makes a nice move down to the inside. Pearson does to pick up the spot and get back on the lead lap. The lead of the race still belongs to Ernie Irvin though. He takes him off turn number four. Rick Wilson is running in 
second spot. Wilson again for Morgan McClure Racing. They won the pole here a year ago at Bristol, Tennessee. He'll hound Irvin back off turn two. Try to move up down to the inside of him, but that's not going to work. They'll go back into single file. Further back, Rusty Wallace trying to get around the Hutt Strickland car. Also, there's a Rick Mast car. He too had to advance here off trouble. Trouble out of turn number four. Ernie Irvin hits the wall. Car cocks up on the side. He's going to collect Hutt Strickland and about three other cars. Brett Bodine is also in it, and Caution is on the speedway. Irvin came out of the corner. The car just took off and bounced off that concrete wall. It has sidelined three cars as they come back to the start-finish line under caution. The three cars, Ernie Irvin, badly damaged. Brett Bodine is trying to get his car to move. It won't do it, and Hutt Strickland is jammed up against the inside pit wall. That is a heartbreaker, Barney, and as you said, that there was nothing that Ernie Irvin did. That car just made a hard right-hand turn coming off turn number four. If, if there is one spot here at Bristol, whether it's the extra stress that goes onto the right front of the automobile or whatever it might be, that turn four, the exit of turn four, has over the years used up more race cars from Kenny Schrader, who nearly climbed uh, onto the side as Ernie Irvin nearly flipped his car onto the side. That spot is just a tough one to negotiate, especially if something goes wrong, not of your doing. He really hit that wall a ton, and Hutt Strickland's car is badly damaged also. Both those cars continue to sit here in the front straightaway. The safety crews are there attending to the drivers, and we'll probably see everyone on pit road. There's debris, sheet metal, a little bit of everything strewn along the front straightaway here from that accident out of turn number four. It will bring out caution for the seventh time, and everyone anticipated we'd have a lot of problems here at Bristol today. And In the early going, we already have with just 169 laps complete to pit road and Jim Phillips. Rick Wilson brought the Kodak Oldsmobile in for service. We checked over. Ernie Irvin has climbed out of his car, and he seems to be all right. Also, Hutt Strickland is out. Darrell Waltrip is coming back in. He's still staying with the Hoosier tires. They're going to the right side. It looks like only a right side. No, they're going left side also. It's going to be a four-tire stop for Darrell Waltrip and also Davey Allison. And further on down pit road, Harry Gant. Now, Brett Bodine's car also was in that accident. It sit there for a couple of moments. They finally got it fired. He has gone to the back pits and pulled the car behind the pit wall. And Bud Moore and the team over there will take a look at the Motorcraft Ford to see, indeed, this is the second crash he's been involved in here this afternoon. Whether he'll be able to continue or not, we'll have to wait and see. Under caution, at lap 169 here at Bristol, Tennessee, so far we're seeing most of the cars stay out on the racetrack, except for a couple that ducked in a moment ago. Rick Wilson was on pit row. The leader will right now be showing up as Jeff Bodine as they're all running through this massive debris and chunks of metal and everything else. So they'll certainly be on pit road here to check those tires before they go back to green here in a moment. We are under caution here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. Caution for the eighth time this afternoon. Brought out by the accident off turn four involving Ernie Irvin, Hutch Strickland, and Brett Bodine. Hutch Strickland and Ernie Irvin both climbing out of their cars, going to the infield care center for the mandatory checkup. And Brett Bodine is out of his car on the back straightaway with Winston Kelly. Brett is still sitting in his car, Eli, and the Budmore and the crew are continuing to work on the right front. Brett, what happened? Well, I saw Ernie get up on top of the wall there, and I turned the car to the left to get to the bottom to get away from him, and through all the smoke, all of a sudden, he just uh, he just appeared in the middle of the smoke, and I had no place to go. I couldn't get stopped, and you know, it was a darn shame. The old car was running real good. They made some adjustments on the car there, and early in the race, we got our lap back, and you know, I think we had a real good, real good race car and a good chance of winning this thing. It's been a tough day. You were involved in an earlier accident as well. What happened then? Well, that was just a situation. Uh, I think uh, Eddie Burswell and the, uh, Butch Miller got together and it messed the fender up. We just had to take the fender off. But uh, it really didn't do any damage to the car. And 
you know, we come back, got our lap back, like I said. And, you know, we really had a good race car here today, and I hate it for everybody. And guys will work real hard, but uh, that's just the luck of racing. Do you think you can get it back in? Well, they're working on it right now. I'm not sure exactly how bad it is. That's a very disappointed Brett Bodine. He might be out of it this afternoon, but Budmore and the crew continue to work on the motocraft forward. Let's go back to pit road. This is Winston Kelly. I've caught up with Hutch Strickland. First of all, Hutt, are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay, Winston. Just just my pride's hurt. That's all. What happened? Well, uh, looked like Ernie blew a tire get, coming off turn four there, and when he hit the wall, it, you know, he couldn't steer the car, and it come back right down in front of me. Just no place for me to go. Well, that's Hutch Strickland. He's out of it in the Heinz Ketchup Pontiac this afternoon. Ernie Irvin has also walked out of the Enfield Care Center, and we'll get a word with him in just a moment. Those are the cars that are behind the wall. Brett Bodine is out there still looking at his car over there. Ernie Irvin is out. Hut Strickland. Butch Miller. Also, Kenny Schrader behind the wall. And a great deal of time spent behind the wall by Lake Speed. Let's go down to the pits. Jim Phillips. We're in the Bill Elliott pit. He made a couple of stops here. Ernie, you had Bill in a couple of times. Had the toe-in stick out. What's the problem? Oh, there's no problem. We're just checking things. Everybody's just beating and banging. And we're just trying to make sure nothing gets knocked out. How about the tire situation? Have you, you switched the tires? You switched brands. Everybody has. That's Ernie Elliott. Everybody has switched brands. That's for sure. They're going to the Hoosier tires now. Let's go to Winston Kelly. We've caught up with Ernie Irvin. Ernie, what happened? Well, evidently I cut a right front tire down. Obviously you're okay, though. Yeah, I am. I think the car's hurt pretty good, but, you know, Bob Johnson and the crew really had it working good. You had as good a run going as I've seen you have on the Winston Cup Tour. Tell us about it. Well, you know, we uh, started the race off, and the car felt good, so... So Bob said, well, let's do two tires on that mandatory stop, and, and that got us out in front. And, he's, you know, he told me we were running two tenths quicker than the leaders. So, so when we went back out, you know, we could basically pull away from Allen and, uh, you know, a couple of the other guys. And so then we just basically put our strategy where we'd, uh, you know, come in and shortstop the stop so we could stay in the front and race with the leaders all day. Is there that much difference running up front than, say, in the middle of the pack? Well, you know, even when I got back in the middle, you know, guys were beating on my bumper, and I'm having to hit guys in front of me. So, so you know, if you're out front, you have a lot less traffic, and you're going to have a lot less chance of getting in a wreck. Well, Ernie, we're glad to see you're okay, and better luck next week. Okay, thanks. The uh, caution flag coming out for the eighth time today, some 11 laps ago after Ernie Irvin, Hutt Strickland, and Brett Bodine got together off turn number four with Irvin evidently cutting a tire going into the wall and taking the other two cars with him. And the, the resulting debris has, as Barney's been telling you, has the blower out on the racetrack along with the gentleman with the push brooms here on the front straightaway continuing to try and clear off the racing surface. Pace car peels off the banking in turn number four. Rusty Wallace will be the first car at the head of the pack, but he is on the tail end of the lead lap. Jeff Bodine is the leader. Wallace wants to stay up there if he possibly can. We're under green as they take it back to turn one. Rick Mast rides second, third right now. Morgan Shepard, he drifts high. He's going to lose a position. Dick Trickle goes down to the inside of the racetrack and picks up a spot. Morgan Shepard also loses one other position. Dale Earnhardt gets by. Now Bobby Hillen goes to work. He too gets by Shepard. He's got some problems. And Rick Rerud gets by and Colwicky gets by and Sterling Marlin gets by. Terry Labonte. Morgan Shepard can't get back in line, nor can he get up to full racing speed. Something is amiss on the Valvoline car. We'll get an update from Pitt Road in just a moment. Eddie Beerswall is also off the pace as a lead car. Jeff Bodine
line, comes off turn number four. He has a comfortable lead, trying to also put Rusty Wallace a lap down, and Morgan Shepard still can't get up to race speed. The leaders are on the backstretch. Jeff Bodine right on the rear deck, and Rusty Wallace now trying to put that car a lap down. They exit turn number four. About a car length separates the two. Shepard had been running well. He'd been up in the top ten all afternoon. Here he comes on the apron of the track, finally gets through traffic and gets in a position to get himself onto pit road. We'll follow that stop here in just a moment as he works his way down pit road. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Morgan Shepard brings the Babylon Pontiac into a stop. Butch Bach and the crew go to work on the right side of the car. Looks like it's going to be just right side tires. Evidently, he has a flat tire. So we'll check it out with Butch Bach. Butch, have a flat tire? Yes, he said a flat tire. Shepard is down and away. He's lost at least a couple of laps. 186, two laps, the indication he will lose. 186 are on the board as Jeff Bodine sets the pace in the Valleydale meets 500 right now. He's opened up a big separation on the second-place car. Good battle for the second place, too. Rick Bass is there trying to hold off Dick Trickle. Trickle's trying to gain some ground down to the inside and makes his move again off turn four. Dick Trickle has run on these types of racetracks for so many years. He's running now with Rick Mass, who has a lot of laps on this track, as does Dale Earnhardt. At an unscheduled stop on pit road, Alan Colwick. Jim Phillips. And they're going to the right side of the Xerox forward. Paul Andrews and the crew. It looks like another cut tire. We're just going to change the right side tires. We'll get a word with Paul in just a moment. There'll be some good scrambling going on for second spot here. In fact, it's going on right now. Rick Mass currently is in the number two position. Dick Trickle and Dale Earnhardt right behind him as they work him over over in turn three. Single file this time, but both Trickle and Earnhardt are looking for a chance to make a move down on the inside. For the time being, they keep it single file. Rick Mass holding off that second place challenge right now. He told me the other day, he told you also, Barney, he thought he'd be able to run well here at Bristol Raceway, but he still has men behind him, and there's smoke now from behind Kulwicki's car. There's a lot of smoke from behind the Xerox Ford. He'll take it to the inside of the racetrack. He is venting some sort of fluid. We can see it now. Jim Phillips, you might have had a better look as it went past the pit lane. It was coming from underneath the car, Eli. There's not tire smoke. They're going to bring him in. He had a right front tire going down the last time as a reason for the pit stop, but he's got other problems. He's going to bring it behind the wall. Alan Kowicki brings a car onto pit road. He currently leads in the Winston Cup point standings and has been very consistent in the races that we've run in the early going. He'll take it through pit wall, and they will try and repair that car, whatever the problem is, and get it back onto the racetrack. We'll get a report there in just a moment, give Jim Phillips time to kind of let him sort things out and do the work on the car and then find out what's wrong with it. As they head off turn number two, again, Jeff Bodine puts more daylight on that second-place battle. But he still can't get around Rusty Wallace, who's on the tail end of the lead lap. Bodine is there looking for a chance to get by it. So far, can't do it. As they work off the corner, Dick Trickle trying to make a move inside of Rick Mast. Could not do so. Dale Earnhardt is right there watching. He's next in line. And then the lapped car of Morgan Shepard. He is one of the quickest cars on the track now after making that unscheduled pit stop with the cut tire moments ago. Meanwhile, the Xerox Ford behind the wall looks like Old Faithful as the smoke continues to rise, Jim Phillips. It's the water pump, Eli. The shaft has come off the water pump and sent the fan into the radiator. It looks like it's going to be the end of the day for Alan Kowicki. He's climbing out, but is the water pump by the Xerox Ford. So the young driver who had been one of the most consistent in the early season here in 1989 now has his problems as he is out of the car disgustedly looking under the hood and walking around. Battle for that second spot. Still a tight one back there as they head up to turn number three. Rick Mass gets a little ground now on Dick Trickle, but Trickle's a guy who's having his problems trying to hold off Dale Earnhardt and moving up in the lap car of Morgan Shepard. 
As the field works back into turn number one. Rick Mast, why doesn't anybody believe you when you say, hey, I can run well here this weekend? Well, no, who's going to, nobody, I don't blame y'all. Nobody's going to believe a Rick Mast, a rookie, or Travis. His car didn't run good the last couple of years. Nobody's going to believe that. But I, I don't make, I mean, I, if my car's not running, everybody knows it. If it's running, most people know it that'll listen to me. I mean, I, I don't, uh, what I say is the way the car's actually doing. And most of the time it runs worse than it does good. So uh, I knew we had a good shot. We had a bad motor in the thing for the qualifying race. When I ran the qualifying race the way I did and drafted with the cars the way we did, I knew when we put our strong engine in there, it would be a good race Sunday, and it was. And it turned out to be just that. After qualifying, he has worked his way to the front just like he said he would, and he's getting the job done. Let's go back to pit road. We've got Alan Kowicki. Alan, what's wrong with it? And a water pump broke off. You know, it just, no warning, it just happened. He's the current point leader of the Western Cup setting, and he's behind the wall today. 203 laps are complete here at Bristol, Tennessee. Jeff Bodine leads Rick Mast, Dale Earnhardt, Dick Trickle, and Greg Sachs. Here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee, the race leader Jeff Bodine has just lost a lap on pit road with a pit stop. Jim Phillips. Looking at these tires, Eli, there's a lot of big chunks of rubber c- coming off these tires, these Hoosier tires that Jeff Bodine had on. I'd say he had a vibration. One of these tires, the right front tire, was going down. That was the reason for the green stop by Jeff Bodine. A lot of smoke out on Mike Waltrip's car as he goes through one end of the racetrack. It seems to disappear in the straightaway. Then when he gets back in the turns, we see it coming out again. It gets a little more pronounced this time out of turn number four. So we may see some activity in his pit here in just a moment. Jeff Bodine has given up the lead. Rick Mass now has it. But Dale Earnhardt says, well, let's work on you a while and see if we can take it away. Earnhardt's just about a foot or two behind him. They're about to catch some lap traffic. And Earnhardt's going for it out of turn two. Mass goes a little high in the banking. Earnhardt grabs the inside groove, pulls up along side. They're dead even back in turn three. One of the best battles on the racetrack is for third spot right now. Three cars are locked up in that. Dick Trickle, Greg Sachs, and Sterling Marlin. Marlin's been trying to get underneath Sachs as they work out of turn number two and head for three. It's Dick Trickle leading that particular parade. He's got about a car length on the car right behind him, which is Greg Sachs. Sachs really has the most heat there as Sterling Marlin's going to work on him. Marlin taking a little bit higher line this time off turn number three. They go back into single file as they cross the line. That margin of difference now begins to grow just a bit for Dick Trickle if you want to call a car length and a half, but now here comes Greg Sachs. He'll try and make a pass on the back straightaway if there's room. Trickle gets a little bit of loose there and uh, loses some ground. Greg Sachs pulls up on him, gets squeezed in by the Eddie oh, Pierce ball car. Trouble, trouble One car is loose up on the outside of the racetrack. Bobby Hillen Jr. spins, slams into the outside retaining wall, and brings it back down on the apron of the racetrack in turn three. Caution is on the speedway. Hillen's car just looped around. Now there's a fire coming out from under the rear end of the car and a big one as he keeps it wisely moving forward. That'll blow the flames to the rear end of the car, but a great deal of flames and smoke coming out of Bobby Hillen's car out of turn number two as he works off the corner and up the backstretch. He keeps it down on the bottom of the racetrack. Must be difficult to see where he's going because the car is completely filled with smoke. Hillen now brings the car to a halt here on the back straightaway down on the inside of the racetrack and again there's smoke coming out from all the windows all over the car as the Miller machine has come to a halt. Hillen is climbing from the machine and walking away. Doesn't seem to be injured. So we are under caution here for the ninth time today. Bobby Hillen with the problem in turn number three on the 215th lap. Rick Wilson had just come in for a pit stop when that caution flag came out. Now everybody else comes in for a stop. First to Jim Phillips. Right side tires for Dale Earnhardt's crew. In fact, they're going to change all four, staying with the same brand. Mike Waltrip is back in. As you said, Rick Wilson came in. He only took on two tires, though. And also, Phil Parsons by the down pit road came in, but he realized the caution had come out, so he just took on gasoline, went back out, and he's back in now. Darrell Waltrip is in, along with Sterling Marlin, Dick Trickle, and further down pit road, Harry Gant. 
Let's go to Winston Kelly. The first car in on the backstretch pits was Terry Labonte. He came in a lap ago, got four tires and gasoline. Also in now, Ricky Rudd and his Buick, along with the Pontiac of Dale Jarrett. Jim Sauter is in, along with Greg Sachs. Further down pit road, car number 67, Brad Teague in. Larry Pearson, who has lost a lap a couple of times today, back on the lead lap. He's in for service, along with Neil Bonnet. Bobby Hillen Jr. is sitting on the pit wall that separates the racing service Road. He's catching his breath, talking to uh, Billy Woodruff and the crew, but he does appear to be okay. He's pulling his helmet off now, and as I said, he's catching his breath. Bobby Hillen is okay. More pit stops here in the front stretch. Back to Jim Phillips. Rusty Wallace is in. He's getting four tires. He's going back to the Goodyear brand of tires instead of the Hoosier. As I pointed out before, the last tires I've seen come off these cars, there's been big chunks of rubber out of these right side tires. So the track surface evidently is heating up a bit, causing more tire problems. But I see a lot of teams only changing two. We'll check that out and get back with you. We, we see Brad T going down the back pit area. He has a f- tire that has just gone down on the rim. The crew replacing that. Alan Kowicki getting those repairs in 36 laps. So he is back out there picking up those uh, Winston Cup points as best he can, but running 36 laps down. And we're going back to green. We are now 24 laps away from that $10,000 payoff from right guard at the halfway, Barney. That'll be coming up shortly. Harold Kinder waves the green. Earnhardt is the leader. Terry Labonte is second. Rick Mast is third. They race off into the corner, and Jeff Bodine zips underneath Earnhardt to get himself back up there as they haul it off turn number two. Seems to be the secret to get your lap back, just be on the inside of the leaders. You go into that first turn, and it works every time. It did this time for Bodine. He's got a car length on the race leader, Dale Earnhardt. So Jeff Bodine trying to stay out in front and get that lap back that he was in arrears. Dale Earnhardt, for the moment, holding off everybody else as they sort themselves single file. Terry Labonte rides in the second spot right behind him, the lap car, Morgan Shepard, then the Michael Waltrip car, followed by Rick Mast, Dick Tricklin, Mark Martin. A little further back in the running order will be Harry Gant and Bill Elliott, along with Greg Sachs, as they work back to turn number one. Field strings out single file as they head off turn two and up the back chute. Brad Teague's car down on the inside forces everyone to go high. Closer to the front, Morgan Shepard looks underneath the Terry Labonte car, trying to get back one of his laps. That won't work, so once again, single file back to the line. Morgan Shepard running some three laps down after the problems of earlier. He is in 21st position on the same lap as is Michael Waltrip. The leader's back to turn three. Dale Earnhardt leading the way. He's got Terry Labonte right behind him, not really putting any heat on him right now. Labonte's trying to hold off Shepard. He again goes at him in turn four. Good competition here at Bristol. They're still showing 18 cars on the lead lap at lap 223, so there's no shortage of good racing. Earnhardt is the leader. The battle heads up to turn number three. At the front of the parade, though, is Jeff Bodine. Earnhardt so far is not able to get around that car. Bodine leads him by a car length off four. Terry Labonte's car kicking up the banking off of number four corner. It opens the inside for Morgan Shepard to climb himself closer to the front, but again, Shepard still running three laps down. Further back in the field, Ricky Rudd and Dale Jarrett hooked up together. Now they've got to wait and see exactly which way Brad Teague goes. Brad Teague will take down to the inside of the racetrack, so Ricky Rudd gets some clear sailing there for the time being. Dale Jarrett right behind him takes it high, getting around the Teague car. Darrell Walter tacked right onto his rear deck. Earnhardt knows how to drive Bristol. He likes this racetrack, and you heard him say a little bit early this afternoon, if the car goes away a little bit, it doesn't seem to bother him that much. He just hustles it that much harder, finds a groove he can live with, and will keep the car in contention. Right now, he sets the pace out of turn number two. Long ways to go. We're getting close to the halfway mark now, about 16 laps away as they're over in three. Earnhardt's the meat in the sandwich right 
right now. He's got a lapped car on either side of him. Up in front, the lapped car of Jeff Bodine. Behind him, the lapped car of Morgan Shepard. However, Shepard's car really seems to be hooked up quite well. He made a nice move in getting by Terry Labonte a few moments ago and is definitely putting the heat on the Goodrich Chevrolet of Earnhardt now as they go back into three. But you know, just the other day, Dale Earnhardt ran a marathon testing session here at Bristol. Well, we tire tested here for about 580 laps a day after Rockingham. It is a pretty grueling test. The track's real fast now and uh, a lot smoother. It's a lot better. It's uh, just a, a smidgen narrow in, on the bottom in the corners and uh, coming off the corners. But I don't Trouble in turn number four. Dale Jarrett loops his car coming off the corner. Davey Allison was trying to get some ground down on the inside. Some contact was made. Jarrett's car looped completely around, hit the outside retaining wall slightly, and comes to rest against the inside retaining wall here on the backstretch. And Morgan Shepard slammed into the wall coming out of turn number four and has just literally destroyed that race car in the front end. It sits right down at the start-finish line, so simultaneous accidents on the speedway and caution is on the track. Severe damage also for Terry Labonte's car. He's making his way over to the front straightaway. The whole right side just about torn off that car. Terry was involved with Morgan Shepard coming off the number four corner when Morgan's car angled towards the wall and it was clear that something broke on Morgan Shepard's car. He was running in the middle groove of the racetrack. It just turned right and went right into the wall as it came off the wall. That's where Terry Labonte was. Remember, they were running near each other on the standings and Labonte had absolutely nowhere to go. We are at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall, the entire MRN crew, working the Valleydale 500. We near the halfway point, 239 laps on the board. We had just finished telling you how everybody was trying to hang near the front to be in position for that $10,000 payoff from right guard as part of their halfway challenge. And then very quickly, activity on both sides of the racetrack. Dale Jarrett with a problem on the backstretch, then Morgan Shepard and Terry Labonte together here on the front straightaway. Winston Kelly, you've got some of those cars in for repairs on the back pits. We've got two of those cars, Eli. First of all, the Hardy's Pontiac of Dale Jarrett. They're having trouble getting the car behind pit wall because of damage to the right front of the car. The damage is concentrated on the right front and right rear end of the car. As Joe Moore described, the car looped around and tagged the inner retaining wall. Also pulled behind pit wall is Terry Labonte and his Ford Thunderbird, and that car sitting down like it doesn't have any rear tires on it. It has some rear end damage, and the car is sitting all the way down on the tires. Both drivers are talking to their crew chiefs, and they possibly can get back in the race. So after they gather their thoughts and get their communications together, we'll get the story directly from the drivers. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Morgan Shepard is limping toward the ambulance. His right leg seems to be hurting him a, uh, quite a bit. He, when he came onto the court, he, had, he was like Ernie Irvin. He had the tires cut to the left, but she just shot straight out of the wall. It looked like the right front tire went down. Mark Martin came in for service on that pit stop. He changed all four tires, and work continues behind the wall of the Rick Wilson car. It is the 10th caution of the afternoon. Comes out on lap 238. Let's go to Winston Kelly. We've caught up with Dale Jarrett, who's still sitting in his Pontiac. Dale, what happened? Well, it uh, got in the back of the back there, and I guess some of these guys are in a hurry. I moved up to let Darrell Walter go by because he looked like he was a little quicker, and I was getting back in line, and Davey Allison, I guess, thought he needed to go to the front. There's a lot of damage to the right side of the car. Kenny Knup and the crew are still working on it. Do you know yet if you can get back in? Well, it's going to take quite a while. It's done a lot of damage to the right side where I got into the wall there. It's just unfortunate the Hardy's Pontiac was running pretty good today. We'd overcome a lot and uh, just kind of biding our time, you know. It looked like it was a game of uh, wait and see who was going to go out next. And we were just trying to stay out of trouble, and sometimes you can't even do that. 
very disappointed Dale Jarrett behind the wall, and they'll see if they can get that Pontiac back in the race. Well, the thing that many of the drivers talked about, that this racetrack just literally eats up race cars, and it has chomped up quite a few here today. Out in a wreck right now is Terry Labonte. Dale Jarrett also in a wreck a moment ago is behind the wall. Morgan Shepard was involved in a crash coming out of turn number four. Bobby Hillen Jr. wrecked his car here earlier this afternoon, as did Brett Bodine, Ernie Irvin, also Hutt Strickland, Butch Miller, and Kenny Schrader. Just some of the cars that have got a piece of the wall or another car here, and we're just still, what, eight laps away from the halfway mark. That's remarkable. Let's go back to Winston Kelly. I believe he has made his way to the Terry Labonte pit. Terry Labonte has crawled out of his Ford Thunderbird, and Terry, what's the problem on the car? Well, when... Uh Morgan came off the wall. He caught me in the right rear and uh, just tore the rear end housing off and tore the wheel off the housing. And we got to put a new housing and trailing arms and all kinds of stuff. I don't know if we'll get it fixed or not. That's Terry Labonte. And work continues on the Budweiser Ford Thunderbird. Tim Brewer, Junior Johnson, and all the rest of the crew are replacing the rear end, the rear housing, as Terry Labonte said, in hopes to get back out and chase those Winston Cup points. We have just now gone back to green flag racing, five laps shy of halfway in that $10,000 payoff from right guard in their halfway challenge. The leaders are in turn three. Dale Earnhardt showing the way. He is now pulled off by some six or seven car lanes from Dick Trickle, then Rick Mast, Harry Gant, and Bill Elliott. The leaders back in turn two. Single file as Dale Earnhardt takes the way of the banking in turn number two. He's got Mike Walter glued to his rear deck. Again, that's a lap car. Dick Trickle running in the second spot. He's got some pressure there on him too. Alan Kowicki, another lap car trying to get around Trickle. Mike Walter trying to get one of his three laps back. He is three down right now as he chases Earnhardt. He's the only car that's able to really stick with him out of turn number two. And Walter doing a good job too as he goes down to the inside of the racetrack. Almost pulls alongside Earnhardt, but has to go back into single file as they hit turn three. Pretty spirited battle back at fourth position. Harry Gant who went up the banking of turn number two nearly opened the door to fifth place runner Bill Elliott. Elliott thought about making a pass, but he couldn't do it. He might try it again off turn two this time. Watch that battle again for the fifth position. Harry Gant trying to hold off Bill Elliott. This time they'll go single file. Further back in the field, a couple of cars pushed to the outside of the racetrack going around Brad Teague. Ricky Rudd goes high. Also, Darrell Walter makes her move around the lap car of Teague. Rick Mast was not able to stay up at the front of the pack with Earnhardt on that restart a moment ago. He's lost a little bit of a ground now. He currently rides in the third spot as Harry Gant closes in on him over in turn three. Down to the inside of the racetrack, he'll try to make his move, but it won't be there. Back into single file, they'll go as they exit four. Meanwhile, coming off turn number four to the stripe, $10,000 richer is Dale Earnhardt. He has just won the right guard halfway challenge. Let's go to his pit. We're at the Dale Earnhardt pit, $10,000 just went in the bank. Yeah, you know, we're, we're trying to lead that. We didn't have to pit or not. We wanted to stay out and try to get that uh, halfway point. A lot of tire changing going on today, back and forth with different brands. In fact, you're back on the Goodyear. Yeah, you know, we were getting beat early with the Hoosiers, so we decided to try them, but now we're faster. The racetrack's coming around to Goodyear's. I just wish somebody would do something to get us back to racing. The whole sport needs somebody to do something about this tire situation. That's Richard Childers. He's the car owner of Dale Earnhardt. So $10,000 richer is that team right now. Dick Trickle made an unscheduled stop just a moment ago. He was in second position at the time, and now he has lost quite a bit of ground. A very lengthy stop as a pace car goes behind the pit wall. We're back under green. Earnhardt is a leader. As they pull down into turn number one, Rick Mass rides up in the number two position. Mass tags from sheet metal there with Alan Kowicki as they went off into the corner. Bill Elliott is third. He tags him also. Having some trouble getting around the lap car of Alan Kowicki. Elliott now does get by. Next in line is Harry Gant. He's forced way up the banking by Kowicki. 
Kowicki's car. Kowicki having some problems. Gant now makes a nice move to get around. And Alan Kowicki just got off the gas. He could have really caused a major problem, and he stepped on the gas and tried to really force the issue and correct. But had he done that, Barney, he would have taken five or six more cars with him. He did the right thing, just backed off and tried to get by as best he could. He's having trouble just controlling the car, keeping it in a straight line, particularly there in the early traffic. He is now on the apron of the track, and here he comes onto pit road along with Mike Waltrip. These definitely are unscheduled stops as we're back under green, and Earnhardt has already pulled away by a full second. Let's go to Jim Phillips on pit road. We're going to the right side of Michael Waltrip's car and also the right side of Alan Kowicki's car. Tire problems on that. You mentioned Dick Trickle a while ago. He made that stop. They didn't want him to come in, but they don't have radio contact with him. He can talk to the crew, but they can't talk to him. Quick stop for Kowicki and also Waltrip. Costly stop for Dick Trickle. Now he's way at the tail end of the field. Earnhardt, meanwhile, has put almost a half a straightaway on Rick Mass, the second-place car. Bill Elliott is closing in on Rick Mass for the second spot out of turn two. That may be the good battle here, shaping up in the next couple of laps. Further back, Neil Bonnet is there trying to hold off Greg Sachs. Right on his tail is Harry Gant. That's a battle for the fifth spot off turn four. Harry Gant trying to work himself through the corner. He has Greg Sachs in his sights now, a couple of car lengths behind. Now make it just one car length as they begin to tie and even tighter going into turn two in trouble. Phil Parsons loops it. Sterling Marlin spins. Davey Allison saves his car to go around, but we have caution on the speedway yet again as the synchronized spinning competition that time had Phil Parsons first looping it slowly, and then Sterling Marlin doing the same on lap number 264. And Maybe the best move there was Davey Allison because the transition from the banking to the flat of the racetrack is so obtuse that when you get two tires on the banking and two on the flat of the surface, you'd likely go around and Davey saved his car nicely. And you got to give a call to Sterling Marlin, too, because he went right in the door of Phil Parsons had he not put it down on the apron of the track and turned it sideways and spun it deliberately to keep from crashing into him. Talk about yellow fever. We have just passed the halfway point. 264 laps are complete. 500 obviously make up the race, and we're witnessing the 12th caution flag of the day here at Bristol. If you just joined our broadcast, an awful lot of the cars have already retired due to accidents here. Here's Davey Allison diving onto pit road. Let's go to Jim Phillips. First, the Haviland Star crew goes to the right side of Davey Allison's car changing right side tires. This will be a fourth tire stop for Davey Allison. Also Sterling Marlin in. Phil Parsons brings his car in. The rear end of his car broke loose. We're having a lot of tires being cut down also on this end of pit road. The Levi Garrett Chevrolet of Jeff Bodine is in for service and they're going to the right side first. It's going to be a four tire stop for him also. Winston Kelly. On the backstretch, only one car has come into this point. It's Jim Sauter in the slender U Pontiac. He puts on four Hoosier tires, and he's going to lose another lap. Problems on the right front of the car as Elmo Langley in the Pontiac safety car goes around. Jim Sauter had dove onto pit road right as the caution came out, and that will cost him a lap. Also on pit road, Lake Speed in his Oldsmobile, who's down a number of laps from his rear bearing problem that was documented earlier today. So only two pit stops to this point on the backstretch pits. The 12th caution flag of the day is now over. We are back to green flag racing on lap 267 of 500. We are at the Valleydale 500 here in Bristol, Tennessee, the Winston Cup Series of NASCAR. In the midst of a wild and woolly affair here today, and Dale Earnhardt leads Rick Mast off turn two. Dale doesn't get quite as good a jump as he did on the last restart, however. He couldn't deal with Michael Waltrip, who is a lap down now. Waltrip is in front of Earnhardt as they exit turn four. Earnhardt is the leader. Rick Mast rides second. The third place car is Bill Elliott. Fourth right now is Neil Bonner. 
on it. Fifth is Greg Sachs. Sixth is Harry Gant. Seventh is Darrell Waltrip. And eighth is Rusty Wallace. They're back in three. Single file is ahead back into turn number three with Earnhardt trying to catch up with the Michael Waltrip car. Not able to do that, but it is holding him back now. Rick Mass is able to reel him in just a bit. And Jim Phillips, you just got a face full of speedy dry down there on pit road. Rick Wilson's crew changed the entire rear end. The, the stump, the housing, everything to get him back in this race with all these cautions they're having. They made pretty good time. They just fired up that car, and that's what sent that speedy dry that was on the ground flying. Phil Parsons did cut a tire. That was what brought about the spin on his car moments ago. Alan Kowicki still having a handful in the corners as Dale Earnhardt pulls away to turn three. His car really breaking loose. He almost collected one of the cars. They're coming to the corner. Now he tries to settle it in a little bit, slows down, and lets a few cars go by. Kowicki definitely still having some problems. Jim Sauter's had one of the fastest cars off and on this afternoon. At times, he's been able to pass everybody, no matter where they were on the racetrack in the middle of the corner in the front straightaway. Right now, he again has it hooked up as he's trying to chase down the leader, Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt out of turn number four. Works his way across the start-finish line. Back again. Rick Mast having problem. His car not working in the corners as he is losing some more ground. Bill Elliott closes in. That'll be a battle for position as they head for three. Elliott's got a lap car between those two. Now does away with that one as they head back for turn number three. It'll be single file this time. Bill Elliott, what's so tough about Bristol Raceway? Is it the setup of the car, the banking? What is it? Well, I think it's just the fact that you're running so fast on such a short racetrack. You know, you've got a short straightaway. You've not got a lot of time to make any error, and when something happens, it happens in a hurry. You know, Davey, Davey Allison and I was talking back a year or so ago, and he said, I feel more comfortable at Daytona or Talladega than I do at this place. You know, and it comes to that play, when you get the car right, it's easy. But when you're off, it's a tough racetrack. And Joe Moore, Bill Elliott's got it right now. The car seems to be handling quite well. He snuck right up on the inside, and Rick Mast couldn't make the move. But now in turn four, he goes after him again. This is for second place off the number four corner. Elliott draws even. He'll move to the inside of Mast in turn number one. They both climb the banking. And Elliott's able to make the move down to the inside. That move pays off, and Bill Elliott gets by. He picks up the second spot over Rick Mast. And Rusty Wallace is slowing down through turns one and two. He is off the pace a bit, and everybody's going underneath Wallace. There's a problem on his car because he'd been running as strong as anybody out there a moment ago. 277 laps are complete. We'll check out the story on Wallace here in a minute. Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt is just about where he likes to be at Bristol, Tennessee. He's been one of the dominant cars here in recent years as he just eases around this racetrack. He's one of the best at staying out of trouble, and when he is the leader and can set the pace, he's awfully hard to deal with, even if the car is not up to his liking. But right now, Joe Moore, it seems to be dialed in pretty good. Shows he's comfortable where he is. He just let a couple of lap cars go by. That of Rick Wilson pulled up alongside to the inside of Earnhardt and got by. Also, Jim Sauter pulled up. Earnhardt figured there was no use in racing him, so he let him go by as well. Alan Kowicki next in line to try to pass Earnhardt, and this could be kind of touchy because Kowicki's had some problems with handling in the corners here this afternoon. Earnhardt, for the time being, will let him just kind of follow him. Now, Jim Sauter did lose a lap during that last pit stop, so the pass that Joe just described on Dale Earnhardt has put Sauter back on the tail end of the lead lap, but he is running, as Barney mentioned moments ago, awfully well here at lap 280 of the 500 in the Valleydale 500 this afternoon. 280 is on the board. Earnhardt just continues to wind on around here. The field's stringing out a little bit right now. If you just joined our broadcast, we told you earlier we had an awful lot of cars that have been torn up here at Bristol this afternoon, and that was no big surprise. Rick Wilson now really slows. He went down a great deal of laps as they spent a whole lot of time behind the pit wall. They were just trying to get him back out there to complete as many as they could to pick up some Winston Cup points, and here he comes back onto pit road. Ricky Rudd told us yesterday that this racetrack just uses up a car. Even if you don't hit the wall and tear it up, it just literally destroys 
destroys the race car anyway. I know we've got one car that we've seen that, that runs awful good for us. Uh, seems to be a little bit better than the rest of our race cars. We elected not to bring it here because uh, just because of the abuse that it does take. Uh, you can leave here and come back and the floorboards will be cracked up, firewalls will be cracking. and Trouble out of turn number four. Eddie Beerswall loops his car and blam, he goes into the wall and caution is on the speedway again. Everyone should be able to get by. Beerswall will keep the car out against the wall, but caution is on the speedway the 13th time this afternoon. Totally unbelievable here at Bristol. The track record is 15 caution flags, so this is number 13 and we're getting close to that record. Here quickly comes Mark Martin in for pit service and Rick Wilson is back in. Jim Phillips. We're going to the right side of the Mark Martin car. Also Michael Walter is coming in. Rick Wilson is back behind the wall. A lot of wheel marks down the right side. They're checking underneath the front of the car. This time he's had rear end damage. In fact, I told you he changed the entire rear end. Also further on down pit road, they're waiting on Harry Gant. And here comes Dale Earnhardt. Let's go to the back pits. Ricky Rudd brought his Buick in, and it'll be a four-tire change. Jimmy Bennett with the jack. He's got the left side up now as Lee McCall and Bill Miller changed the left side tires, having already changed the right side tires. All the while, Carl Larson puts in two cans of Unical gasoline. Also in on the backstretch pits, Neil Bonnet into the attention of the Wood Brothers, along with Larry Pearson. Both of those cars getting four tires and fuel, and they're back on the track. This caution flag was a big break for Jim Sauter. Bob Clark has the pit board out. Jim Sauter had to go around one more time to gather that lap back that he just got back from Dale Earnhardt. Now here comes Jim Sauter in for pit service, along with Greg Sachs and the Crisco Pontiac, also in for service, Brad T. This caution could have been a big break also for Rusty Wallace, and we just pointed out that he had been slowing down a little bit, and he made a quick pit stop there. Jim Phillips may be able to check in a moment and find out what the problem, if indeed there was one, on Wallace's machine. Great pit service for Bill Elliott. He beat Dale Earnhardt off the pit lane, but here comes Earnhardt again as the indication is one to go. One to go as a signal, and Earnhardt is coming back again to the attention of uh, the Richard Childress crew, Jim. Well, they're going to the right side this time. They're not changing tires. There must have been a problem with one of the tires. They're looking at the left front of that uh, automobile, the left front tire. They're checking it out. The car goes down, and Richard Childress now comes around to the right side, and Will Lynn is looking at the right front of the car now. I don't know what the problem is. We'll check it out. We talked about Rusty Wallace a while ago. I asked John Dotson what the problem with Rusty was. He said, we just changed tire brands. We're not as quick. We're not got our car adjusted to these tires as good as we did the others. The rest of the cars took on four tires and gasoline on this side of pit road. And the crew is still all over the Earnhardt car. Now Dale will pull away as we're about to go back to green flag racing. Earnhardt goes down and out onto the racetrack as the pace car is just pulling off the banking up in turn number four. 286 are complete here at Bristol, Tennessee. What's going to happen next? <laughs> Anybody's guess. The leader is Davey Allison. He's had quite a day here also. Jeff Bodine currently being posted second. Sterling Marlin is third. Fourth is Phil Parsons. And fifth right now, they're showing Mark Martin as we're back under green. Allison gets away from everyone as he heads off turn number two. He has left Bodine in his wake. Davey picks up about a two-car length lead over the lap car of Michael Waltrip behind him. The second-place car of Jeff Bodine, then Sterling Marlin and Phil Parsons. As the field works off the corner, Davey Allison continues to pull away by six, seven car lanes. Let's go down to Jim Phillips as Earnhardt is back on pit road with the hood up. He has something more than a suspension on the left side. They're taking a look at it. This is a car that he wrecked at Darlington. They had to rebuild the front end on it. He shut the engine off, so it's going to be an extended stay on pit road for Dale Earnhardt. Well, I wouldn't count him out here the way things are going. Maybe the only car left running here before the day is out. Michael Waltrip just zips under the leader as he worked underneath Davey Allison in turn one and two. He's been hooked up pretty good all day. 
The battle for the lead is getting hot also up in the front of the pack. Allison is the leader. Bodine, that's Jeff Bodine, is second. Third is Sterling Marlin, and Marlin is beginning to get a little physical on that racetrack also, along with everybody else out there. They're out of turn two. Front three, some now making the front force of all bumper to bumper here as they come back towards turn number three. Sterling Marlin drops down on the inside of Jeff Bodine for a moment. Now, though, falls back into single file. Sterling Marlin remembers running at the Nashville Raceway when it used to have the high banks and then the medium banking, so he's very much at home on a racetrack like this. And here comes Dale Jarrett back onto the racetrack as the Hardy's crew under Kenny Knupp's leadership today getting the Hardy's car back in the race. 291 laps on the board. The lead is still nose to tail for Davey Allison over Jeff Bodine over Sterling Marlin there in turn two. Single file. Davey Allison brings him off the corner now. Getting a good bite off the corner with Bodine right on his rear deck. Bodine's not really stepping out of line. The guy that's looking for a chance to make a move is Sterling Marlin. He keeps looking to the inside, but again falls back into single file following Bodine. Best racing of the day going on here at Bristol right now. Six cars are right up there on the lead lap, and they're all trying to take it away from Davey Allison. Let's go to the pits. The race at Dale Earnhardt's in. The left tie rod is bent on the car. They're having to change the left tie rod on his car. Fans have had little time to sit down here at Bristol this afternoon with the things that are happening, not including all the accidents. The racing has been outstanding, as it is right now. Five cars are nose-to-tail running for the lead. They're chasing Davey Allison at lap 298. 305 laps are on the board. Plenty of competition at the front of the pack. Marlin is the car that really wants to do some business right now. He's been trying to take second spot away from Jeff Bodine for the last ten circuits around the speedway. They're in three. He's the only car among the top five, Barney, that's really uh, jumping out of line and looking for a chance to get by. Everybody else has kind of bide their time here for the time being. Marlon's car is hooked up. He's able to run it up on the high side as well as down low. He was working on Bodine coming off the corner, getting the inside line on him a few laps ago. Now he's starting to test the waters on the high side of the racetrack. This time they all have to go high to get around the lap car of Eddie Beerswall in four. If you're just joining us and you're a Dale Earnhardt fan, he is running 13 laps down as he now rejoins the action on the racetrack and those lead three cars begin to pull away from fourth and fifth. Davey Allison leads the way. Bodine is second. Once again, Sterling Marlin drops to the inside, and now he pulls alongside Bodine. Sterling Marlin takes away the number two position. Bodine drifted a little bit high, and that's all the opening Sterling Marlin needs. Now he has his sights set on the leader, Davey Allison, out of turn number two and up the backstretch. Davey Allison leads the way. Now he has a lapped car ahead of him by about five car lengths. That's a Brad T car. Sterling Marlin is there, right on his bumper, looking to the outside off turn four. It seems automatic today, Barney. Kind of like a Darlington. If you get out of the groove, you've got yourself a world of hurt. If you climb the banking here at Bristol today, you really have to start wrestling that race car. That's what everybody said is the lower two lanes in practice, what little they had here Thursday afternoon, felt pretty good. But the higher up in the corners you went, a little more squirrely the car became. So everybody's been trying to find a combination here in the early going this afternoon to stay at the bottom of the racetrack. And as you pointed out, if you get a little high, most of the time you've ended up in the wall. Sterling Marlin again. Trouble. Dale Jarrett tags the wall off turn number four. And there is caution again for the 14th time on lap number 311. It's the same scenario we have seen with many others here today. You come off turn number four, something either breaks, you cut a tire, whatever, and that wall just looms up in a heartbeat. Dale is now back to his car up, and he's waiting for traffic to go by, and he will continue around in what remains of the Hardy's Pontiac, but it's been a long afternoon for that team. really has. I tell you what, I can't believe how many cautions we're having. That's the 14th one. Dale Jarrett again hits the wall out of turn number four. Here at Bristol, Tennessee, Ricky Rudd quickly ducks onto pit road, and I guess we'll see everyone else coming in here in just a moment. I guess the driver who's probably home listening to all this right now, or it would be Richard Petty, and maybe glad he's not here. He might not 
be uh, all that distraught, but I'm sure Richard, knowing the racer that he is, would like to be here. And let's inject one other factor here, Barney. We have not even gotten to that point when the fatigue factor really becomes a factor in the race. Daryl Waltrip, when does that happen? It's usually around 400 laps. And it's kind of like Dover, you know, about 400 miles, and you think, holy cow, how much longer is this thing going to go on? It's a lot like that here. Uh, you can go 250, 300 laps, and you really start getting tired right along then, and then you got to go to the 400-lap mark, and you say, man, I don't think I can go any further. And that's when you really got to pull the seatbelts down and, and reach down inside and pull out that little bit of extra to get it to the end. Well, that's where we are now at lap 313, where some of that fatigue begins to kick in. But what about the overall physical fatigue? When does it happen? When does that neck just hurt so much you don't think you can keep it standing up anymore? Well, that's the subject of our look today inside NASCAR. Bristol International Raceway. It's synonymous with many things. Exciting NASCAR racing demands on race cars and fatigue for race car drivers with 36 degrees of banking in the turns what do the drivers do to assure that neck fatigue won't get them before the checkered flag that subject next bristol international raceway here in eastern tennessee is an unusual racetrack it was built many years ago with very limited banking then over the years it's grown to 22 degrees of banking then 36 degrees of banking, and as we've been telling you throughout the broadcast today, with the repaving job at Bristol just a few months ago, the banking has grown to now nearly 40 degrees. What that means is that the driver fatigue, along with fatigue of race car equipment, could be a major factor throughout the running of today's Valleydale 500. As far as the cars are concerned, well, the teams have brand new wheels and wheel studs trying to prevent against premature breakage. But what about the next strain on the drivers? Being cocked over in the car at some 40 degrees and very, very short straightaways really gives no time for rest and relaxation or at least straightening out one's neck in the corners. Dave Marcus had an interesting theory, talking about Cale Yarborough, who, of course, is not driving here this weekend, having retired last season. But he said Cale was one of those who never had a problem getting around this racetrack. But how about you, Dave Marcus? Are you concerned? I've, I've finished uh, all but one race so far this year, so I think that helps get your neck muscles in shape. And it's funny that you mentioned Cale because in the years past when we would, a lot of us would stand around and talk or complain about our neck muscles here. Kale says, uh, well, mine don't ever bother me. I said, Kale, you don't have a neck. <laughs> if Kale shrugs his shoulders up, he covers his ears. So <laughs> he, uh, he obviously never had a neck problem here at Bristol. But uh, I did one year, uh, and I was in the AMC Matador at that time. And uh, we had an engine problem, so we didn't finish the race. But I think that was the only time that I was in doubt uh, that I was going to be able to finish the race or not because I was having a problem with my neck. And a lot of it related from a race on Saturday night before at uh, Severyville, Tennessee. I got in a wreck up there, so I hurt my neck over there. Those are the thoughts of Dave Marcus. Then there's the case of Jeff Bodine. He cut his racing teeth on the short bull rings of New England and upstate New York, where those gravitational forces were also tough, particularly on the high speeds turned in the NASCAR modifieds. What does Jeff Bodine do to ward off neck problems here at Bristol? Well, I'm going to have to uh, reach back, way back to my modified days. We used to run some, uh, some tracks in New England that were just virtually a circle. And with those fast modifieds, with those wide tires, 
they were neck testers. Uh, they would wear you out in 30 laps if you weren't in good shape, if you didn't have your seat adjusted properly. Uh, and, of course, now in, in Winston Cup racing, we do have head restraints. Some people use a strap. Some use a, a brace on the side of the seat to rest your helmet against. Some use uh, the neck collar. Uh, I'll probably use a little of each. I have a neck collar that I used here last year. Uh, I had a, a neck injury from an IROC race, and we had to run here at Bristol a couple weeks after I had done that, and I used a neck collar, and it worked well. Then there's driver Jack Ingram. They call him the Iron Man from the Bush Grand National Series of NASCAR. He's been around a number of years more than has Jeff Bodine. And from a technical standpoint, Jack knows what he has to do for neck fatigue here at Bristol. Well, I've never used a neck collar. I use a strap here. Uh, didn't even used to do that. We started doing that, and uh, that seems to help a lot. Although I'm thinking about trying to get a neck collar fitted to me. Simpson here has got, got one. I'm going to try to put it on there. Where does the strap attach to help you out? It, it attaches to the helmet along about the ear area of your left side of your head, and it goes underneath your arm, uh, on the left arm, and there's a adjustable strap. You can pull it, and it pulls your head a little bit to the left. So whether it's the next strap or the collar or the head restraint, it's that driver fatigue that oftentimes becomes the equalizing factor here at Bristol. And for Inside NASCAR, I'm Eli Gold. At the front of the pack, Bill Elliott currently is the leader. Neil Bonnett's right behind him, half a car length away in the number two spot. Then Greg Sachs as they work through turns one and two and head up the back, shoot to three. Good close racing here. Last couple of laps here is uh, Neil Bonnett has really reeled in the leader. Now he goes to work on him in turn four. Neil coming off the corner. A couple of Ford Thunderbirds battling for the lead with Greg Sachs and Harry Gant watching back into turn number one. Bill Elliott holds off the challenge of Bonnet. Elliott holds the edge now coming off turn number two and back on the back straightaway. Bonnet falls back into single file. Next in line right behind him is Greg Sachs in the Harry Gant car. And those four cars are locked right together, and that's a battle for the lead. About three or four car lengths behind them in fifth position. Good run for Larry Pearson here this afternoon. He's kind of backed out of the throttle to see what's going to happen up there. They're heading for three. Bonnet again looks down to the inside of uh, the Bill Elliott car, but there's nothing there. So again, single file as they come up on a lapped car, that of Brad Teague up in turn four. They'll hold single file, the leaders will, as Jim Sauter further back just goes past Darrell Waltrip and Dick Trickle both. And now the lead cars are back in turn number two with a battle for the lead. Bit bunch up here as they both were forced to the high side of the racetrack because of Brad Teague's car. Now Teague drops down low. Elliott leads the way off turn number four. Bonnet is right there on his bumper. Elliott kind of squirreled out the tail end of the car, kicked out there for just a moment, but Neil Bonnet couldn't take advantage of it as he holds it in a straight line, but that battle may continue as Bonnet takes a look off turn number two and has to back out of it again. Elliott, Elliott scooted a bit high into banking in turn number two, and Bonnet had a chance to get underneath him. Again in turn number four. Here's Bonnet trying at the bottom. This time Neil draws even at the start-finish line. It's a dead heat to turn number one. Neil Bonnet going for the lead, and he may take Sachs with him. Sachs finds a room down on the inside. The hole opened by Bonnet is also open for Greg Sachs, so it's Bonnet now the leader. Sachs is second. Third is Bill Elliott. Eli Gold alongside Barney Hall with Joe Moore, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, the entire MRN crew. We've got a dandy going here at Bristol. The battle for the lead is in turn two. Greg Sachs grabbed the roof on the inside of the racetrack, made his move by Neil Bonnet. Now he's the leader as he opened the lane. Also Harry, got, uh, Harry Gant got by, so Gant moves into the second spot and Bodine moves to third. Best racing we've seen at Bristol in a long, long time. Nobody wants to ride second. They all want to take the lead away. Right now, Sachs has it. Gant moves in on him. Jeff Bodine is up to third and falling back now is Bill Elliott. He lost a lot of positions in two laps around this racetrack. He continues to climb the banking, Elliott does, again in turns three and four, and more cars will go by him, but the front three now beginning to pull away. Sterling Marlin, 
Neil Bonnet, Larry Pearson. They try and gamely hang on with those front cars. Yeah, a battle for the lead coming off the corner as Harry Gant went to the inside of Greg Sachs. No one's given up here at this stage of the race. Greg Sachs, though, still out in front off turn four. Terry Labonte came back onto the racetrack a moment ago, and now they're showing him 96 laps down and not 100, but that's close. 96 laps behind after extensive repairs on Terry Labonte's car. Neil Bonnet gets out of the groove over in turn number two. He's going to lose more spots. Got the car loose, and Bill Elliott was able to get by. Also, the Rusty Wallace car sneaks by, and Alan Kuwicki's on the move. He gets down to the inside of the racetrack. Neil Bonham's car just not working off the corner, particularly off number four the last few times by. He's lost a lot of spots there. Jim Sauter continuing trying to work towards the front of the pack. And off turn number four, here comes the race leader, Greg Sachs, with Harry Gant second. Third is, Ster- is uh, Jeff Bodine, Sterling Marlin's car next in line. And then Larry Pearson running a strong fifth. And Joe Moore, it's amazing what in a couple of weeks' time Andy Petrie and the crew have done for Harry Gant. That car is really hooked up after winning last week. He's rolling a tear again today here at uh, the Bristol International Raceway. The car's been hooked up all day. Several cars we've seen at different stages of the race, just like uh, last week's matter fact, at some points would be real hooked up and just charging on. Other times they're scooting up the banking and just couldn't seem to gather control. But for Gant, again this week, the car has been running flawlessly all day. And right now, he's on the attack of Greg Sachs here off the front straightaway. And Bill Elliott loses another spot or two. Let's go to the back pits in Winston Kelly. We're standing in the Wood Brothers pit. Nell Bonnet was up front a little bit ago. Now it's dropped back We're with Eddie Wood. Eddie, what's the problem on the car? I think he's got a right for a car going down, so he's kind of taking it easy and that's the word from the Wood Brothers pit. Leonard Wood has a tire up on pit wall, and as Eddie Wood said, they're going to try to wait on the caution flag so they won't have to pit under green. Maybe Neil Bonnet can stay in the lead lap and still have a chance to win this thing. Four cars are battling for the lead. They're chasing Greg Sachs in the Crisco machine as they come out of the corner and head back to the start-finish line. Harry Gant, who won at Darlington, is right behind him. Then Jeff Bodine and Sterling Marlin, who's looking for that first win also. They're back to three. Each time off turn number two, Gant takes a lower line underneath Greg Sachs, almost is able to pull alongside of him, but uh, Sachs seems to have the power at the end of the back straightaway, and for the time being, holds on to the lead. Been a long time since the Winston Cup victory lane was graced by Greg Sachs back at Daytona, and that much-talked-about Pepsi Firecracker 400 of years ago. Sachs, he wouldn't mind getting right back to victory lane here today at Bristol, but Harry Gant's not going to let it happen easily, as he has the skull bounded, wound up, then Jeff Bodine, then Sterling Marlin, and here comes Larry Pearson. We've now got five cars tied tightly together, Barney going for the lead. Real good battle. These fans, as we said, have been jumping up and down all afternoon. Larry Pearson had backed off. He's running about as well as anybody out there, but I guess from long years of watching David, his father ride and not get up in traffic and bend up that car, if you're as good as anybody else, why get in there and wrinkle it up in the early going? Just kind of bide your time. Here goes Gant underneath Sachs out of turn two. Sachs went too high going into turn number two, and Gant used the opening to get by. He takes the lead now and takes him back into turn four. Out of the number four corner, they'll have to drift around. Some of the lap traffic here is ahead back into turn number one. Gant really got it hummed in here this afternoon, and all of a sudden, after a rash of accidents, eliminated about a third of the field or more. The cars that are left out there are putting on the best show that we've seen at Bristol in a long, long time. Three of them are linked together, and that's the battle for the lead. They've left Larry Pearson in the wake a little bit back there, as Gant now pulls away by some six or seven car lengths and heads off turn two. Once Gant got by, he has just uh, really set it on sale and has moved out by about five or six 
six car lengths. The second place car is Greg Sachs. Right on his tail is Jeff Bodine. Then it's the Sterling Marlin car. Then Larry Pearson next in line. Here comes Jeff Bodine. He'll make the hard turn, trying to pull inside of Greg Sachs off turn number four. Lap 355, the battle for second. Bodine makes the move. He's got second. Sterling Marlin will try and go by for third. Seems to happen every time a car gets an outside line and not only loses one spot, but loses two. It happened that time again to Greg Sachs as Bodine and Sterling Marlin get by. While all that hard racing is going on at the front of the pack, Darrell Waltrip, who has been one of the most successful runners here at Bristol, Tennessee, just kind of cruises back there in about seventh or eighth position. He's staying in the lead lap. He's not having any problem here right now. He's had ten wins at Bristol International Raceway. And you mentioned Darrell Waltrip with ten wins here. Remember from 1981 through 1984, he won seven Bristol races in a row, something that's almost unheard of. Larry Pearson still hanging gamely in there. He has now been passed by Jim Sauter. The Nacida Wisconsin driver moves up into fourth spot, relegating Larry Pearson back to fifth. Winston Kelly is in the Pearson pit. We're with Ricky Pearson, the crew chief on his brother's Buick. Ricky, after a tough tough luck early in the race with a couple of spins, Larry seems to really have it hooked up. Larry's not running too bad right now. You know, There's a couple of cars running better than he is, but you know, with a few adjustments, I think, that, you know, maybe we can run as fast as leaders, maybe come out, you know, finish pretty good. This they, are, they feel very good about the run Larry Pearson has going, and something we would expect to see down here is David Pearson in the pit giving advice to son Larry. And David is not in here. He has been in and out today. But the crew being directed by Ricky and Eddie Pearson, Larry Pearson's brother doing a heck of a job. I tell you who's got the fastest car on the racetrack and has had for a great part of the day is Michael Waltrip. He's lapping this track in about 17.60 seconds and in race traffic and this late in the race, that's getting the job done. Oh, there's trouble. Phil Parsons' car breaks loose in front of Joe Moore in turn three. Something broke loose and the car just headed right up to the right side up to the outside of the racetrack and slammed into the outside retaining wall. Once he hit the wall, he rolled back down to the apron of the track. All the other traffic got by. No other cars were involved, but again, Phil Parsons a lot of damage to his machine here in turn three. Parsons comes off the corner on down the front straightaway with damage to the right rear of the car, and that will tie the record here at Bristol for cautions. 15 on the board at lap 363. 13 cars still on the lead lap. We're back under green. Greg Sachs is the leader as they take him back to turn number one. Neil Bonnick gets a good jump on that restart, pulls out in front of the leader, and so does Dale Earnhardt, although Earnhardt is not a factor to win this race. He is far, far behind. They're heading for three. Greg Sachs, race leader. Rick Bass right on his rear deck, and Mark Martin there in single file, back through three and four. Sachs was slow in getting the car up to full race speed. Neil Bonnet gets one of the two laps back that he was down. Again, Dale Earnhardt is now 11 laps down from the 12. He was in arrears earlier. They're on the backstretch, the leaders are. Little bumping and shoving there among that front four or five some there. Phil Parsons is in the pack. Also the Michael Waltrip car. And a bit of bumping here as they exited turn two. Sachs takes them back to turn number one. Mark Martin will be your second place car. Larry Pearson had been running third as he works his way off turn number two. Then Ricky Rudd, Harry Gant, and Rusty Wallace. Sachs again leads the parade. Rick Mast is there. They're single file. Mark Martin third in line, followed by the Phil Parsons car. Still seeing some smoke out of that machine as he hits for the front straightaway. Field still single file at this point. Dale Earnhardt makes a move inside of Neil Bonnet again. They are not running for position. They are laps down. Both cars are. Greg Sachs does have Rick Mast right behind him. Then comes the Mark Martin machine, who is running in second. Then two more lap cars before you get to the Larry Pearson machine. Running up in third, Ricky Rudd fourth, and Harry Gant fifth. The leaders are in two. Single file again off turn number two. Greg Sachs is there. Seems to be pretty comfortable here for the time being with Rick Mast right on his tail. A little further back, a couple of bumps going on here between Phil Parsons and Mark Martin. Parsons is trying to root his way by 
the Mark Martin car. Martin just won't let him by. Again, there's single file back into turn number two. Parsons' car drifts up the banking in turn number two. Michael Waltrip sees an opening there, tries to get down low, but is not able to do it. So again, single file as they head for three. Well, he's really had it hooked up here this afternoon along with Jim Sauter. Davey Allison is the last car that's being posted on the lead lap back there in 13th position as they work back to turns one and two. They head out of the corner. Greg Sachs feels like he is due a victory. He has run so well, and Martin is a little bit off the pace over in three. Martin goes to the outside of the racetrack, and that allows Larry Pearson to get by. One car breaks loose here on the back straightaway. It's the Dick Trickle car. He loops it around. All the rest of the traffic gets by, tags the outside retaining wall, but refires the car, and the caution is out once again. Under caution for the 16th time. That is a brand new record here at Bristol International Raceway. Caution on lap number 375 as Dick Trickle machine has broke loose going up the banking in turn number three. We'll be back to green in one lap, and there are pitch stops going on, Jim Phillips. Well, Dick Trickle came in, got four tires. He didn't look like he'd done a lot of damage except sheet metal damage on the Miller Buick. Also, Phil Parsons came in for four tires. He, too, earlier in the wreck just had sheet metal damage. And also, Davey Allison came in. He got four tires also. I think also that uh, Neil Bonnet made a pit stop in the back straightaway as he joins up on the tail end of the field. Pace car beginning to pick up a little speed will be coming off that corner and we'll go back to green and again they'll chase Greg Sachs and this time Larry Pearson who's doing a great job here this afternoon along with quite a few other drivers also has found his way up into the number two position. Green flag is out. Up through the gearbox comes Sachs. Good restart for him. He gets away from everybody and leaves Larry Pearson back there. A couple of lap cars lock on to him off turn two. Sachs leads a parade. The man on the charge is Dale Earnhardt. He dives to the inside of Larry Pearson pulls up along that side, the car, alongside that car, and does away with him up in turn number three. Now, as Pearson's car goes up the banking, Harry Gant makes the clean pass. Mark Martin just sitting there and watching. He can't get too close to make the move as Michael Waltrip dispenses with another lap car of Rick Mast. Kowicki nearly has some cars stack up behind him too. Quite a bit of traffic here on the back straightaway. A close call from Mike Waltrip too, as he got by that uh, Rick Mast car, made some contact there, but he straightened the car out. Now he is following the Greg Sachs machine, and again Michael Waltrip one of the fastest cars on the racetrack. Breaking loose here. The race leader, Greg Sachs, coming off turn two. He did a good job of hanging on. He still maintains the lead. Michael Waltrip at one point in this race was three laps behind. They're showing him only one lap down now. That's how well he's running here along with Jim Sauter. They've had two of the fastest cars all day long. Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. The entire MRN crew with you here at Bristol Raceway in Tennessee. Tomorrow, 1245 Eastern Time. We're back here again for the Bush Grand National Series, and they're running in the Budweiser 200. Here's how the run down shapes up at this point with 109 laps remaining. Greg Sachs is the race leader. Harry Gant currently moving into the second spot. Others among the lead cars. Third was showing Larry Pearson. Fourth, Mark Martin. Fifth was Rusty Wallace. Sterling Marlin running in sixth spot. Seventh was Ricky Rudd. Eighth belongs to Bill Elliott. Ninth is the Jim Sauter machine. And tenth, Darrell Waltrip. Eleventh, Jeff Bodine. Twelfth was Dick Trickle. And thirteenth, Davey Allison. Those cars all on the lead lap. One lap down in 14th, Rick Mast. 15th, one lap down, Michael Waltrip. He had been four down. He's now only one lap down. Running in 16th spot, also a lap down, Neil Bonnet. Two laps down in 17th, Phil Parsons. Eight laps down in 18th, Brad Teague. Ten laps down in 19th, Dale Earnhardt. Running in 20th is Eddie Beerswall. He's 13 laps down. 21st place belongs to Rick Wilson. He is 23 laps down. 22nd spot is Alan Kulwicki. His car is 38 laps down. Also running is Lake Speed in 23rd spot. He's 46 laps behind. Dale Jarrett is in 24th spot. He is 55 laps down. 
And 96 laps down in 25th spot is Terry Labonte. That is what remains. Ken Schrader is already gone. Butch Miller, Brett Bodine, Hutch Strickland, Ernie Irvin is out. Bobby Hillen, Morgan Shepard. And that brings you up to speed on the Valleydale meets 500. Close call for Harry Gant there seconds ago. Barney off turn four. He and Rick Wilson kind of got together a little bit. I was just sitting here thinking as I watched that incident that after this race is over, every driver out there is going to be mad at somebody because I don't think there's a car on the racetrack that hadn't got into somebody or had somebody get into them here at Bristol this afternoon. 380, is it 90 or 80? 97. My glasses aren't working that way. 397 <laughs> are complete here at Bristol. We'll be going into the final 100 laps here in just a moment. And Greg Sachs continues to set the pace here around this racetrack. Let's go to pit road. We were talking about Michael Walter earlier. He was clearly the fastest car on the racetrack. He made up three laps. It was going after his fourth. But on a restart, he and Phil Parsons had trouble. They got together. It's knocked the toe in on the left front tire out of line. That's the reason he slowed down from what he was running. Still getting around there pretty good this afternoon. Sachs is the leader. Gant is in second spot. Sterling Marlin currently rides in third. Rusty Wallace continues to work his way up to the front. He has just moved up into the fourth position. Larry Pearson has now fallen back to fifth. I'll tell you, if your car is off just a little bit here at Bristol, man, you're going to lose some ground in a hurry. And that's exactly what's happening to some of these cars. Once the thing is dialed in, they've had five, six, and eight cars up there in that lead pack for the last hundred laps or so. But now we're seeing some of the cars go away a little bit. And we're in the final 100 laps. And I'm sure part of that is something you touched on here a little bit earlier that at this stage of the race, the driver is literally just wore out. I'm talking physically, and Ricky Rudd talks about that. Well, I tell you, I've seen it here, especially the last race, the last couple races, when it was extremely rough, that your insides, uh, they did, they hurt as bad as your neck hurts, so uh, I think this time you're going to experience a severe sore neck. You know, everybody pretty much wears a helmet strap, so you're going to have to make sure you have that thing work working real good for you because I'm sure there's no way to probably run over 200 laps here without that strap. It's going to be even more critical than before, but, you know, it's just kind of one of them races, and, and I've always not even thought about it. I've come to Bristol, and, uh, I, you know, you always pay the price. Usually the next day you feel like you've been beat up, feel like you've got a flu bug, but that's that's part of Bristol, and, and I try not to go into the race knowing that how physical it's going to be and just go ahead and give it 100%, knowing you're going to be uh, in the bed half a day on the next day. That sounds like you. <laughs> now, how about the fellows who are going to be running the Bush Grand National Race here tomorrow? They've got 200 laps to contend with here tomorrow afternoon. We have now gone into the final 100 laps, so NASCAR's tire rule is in effect at this point as far as brand changing is concerned. You can no longer change brands of tires. Whatever is on the car right now, that's the brand that must remain until the conclusion of today's Valleydale 500. Let's check in with Winston Kelly on the back pit area. We're in the back pit area here with Jake Elder, who's the crew chief on Greg Sachs' car. Jake, what is he saying about how the car's running? What? I didn't hear you. What is Greg saying about the car? We're doing all right right now. We're waiting on a very stop. We'll put a good set of tires on the last stop. It looks like Harry's catching up just a little bit. Yeah. I feel like uh, maybe the hoosers goes away a little bit quicker than the good years. You've got the Hoosiers on now. Do you plan on putting on new Hoosiers when you come in for your stop? Uh, yeah, we're going to put a good set of Hoosiers on the next stop. 
That's Jake Elder, crew chief on the Drake Sachs car. Like we said before, Jake's a man of few words. Here's Dale Earnhardt drawing alongside Sachs. Those cars touched just a tad, and now they split up very quickly. Dale Earnhardt has a number of laps down, and he will now go by Sachs. But here comes Harry Gant. He wants the lead. Again, that lane opened up down on the inside. Gant's going to try to stick the nose of his machine underneath Sachs. Challenge for the lead. They make contact in turn four. They bump a little bit coming through the corner, both keeping in a straight line. Harry stays in the throttle. So does Sachs. They'll go door to door into turn number one and race side by side off turn number two. Somebody's got to give. And it's Sachs who gives because he's on the outside. So Harry Gant gets by. Now the battle for the second spot again. Sterling Marlin sweeps down low. He picks up second. Greg Sachs falls back to third. 416 laps are on the board. Sterling Marlin, who has never won a Western Cup victory here, currently rides in the number one position as he eases around this racetrack. He is strong. Harry Gant still very much in contention up there in the number two spot. Greg Sachs still looking for his first win ever as far as a Winston Cup victory currently is being posted third. And Jim Sauter, who has never won a Winston Cup race, been around a long time, is in fourth. So three of the top four runners have never been to Victory Lane at a Winston Cup event. It could happen here this afternoon. In Bristol, Tennessee, Harry Gant re-inherits the lead as Sterling Marlin comes to his pit and nearly misses it. Misses it. And there's also Phil Parsons slowing on the back straightaway. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Sterling Marlin is in the pit for right side tires. He was running so well, they're going to change all four tires. On the, no, well, he's got the left front tire is loose. They did not type the left front tire. He's going to have to come back in. Darrell Bryant, the, the mix-up, they thought they were going to change four. And it's just come off. Two tires have just come off. One of them is hit by Larry Pearson. And there is caution on the speedway, first for the Phil Parsons incident, and now the wheels have literally come off the Sunoco Ultra car. One of those tires, Joe Moore, is still bouncing down the back straightaway. Rolling down the back straightaway, uh, right alongside the inside retaining wall. It's still going, passing some of the cars, as a matter of fact. Phil Parsons brought out the caution flag when his car apparently got loose out of turn number two and coasted up into turn three. Can't get it to the pits. And at about the same time, Sterling Marlin dived on the pit road. They were changing tires on the car, and apparently the crew chief or whoever made the call, said let's get back out there so we won't lose a lap, and they took off without the lug nuts on, and both wheels fly off the car, down between turns one and two, and that's where Sterling Marlin sits for the moment, and talk about something that's really bad luck and something happened to you, man, that's not supposed to happen. What a break for Sterling Marlin. We had just turned to the uh, media guide here. We were already beginning to look up the best finishing position for Sterling here at Bristol, which was an eighth place finish twice, and we're getting all this great information together, and now the wheels come off. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. Well, it's just one of those things that happen with a somebody makes a wrong call. They had uh, it was a green flag stop. I thought he had a flat tire, and uh, they just loosened up the left side. Nobody didn't stop the, uh, Sterling, and he went out of the pits, and there they fell off. Also coming in this time on this uh, caution flag, Bill Elliott picked up four tires. So did uh, Levi Garrett Chevrolet for Jeff Bodine. Dick Trickle came in for four. Mark Martin had four tires, and also Rusty Wallace is in for service, and Darrell Waltrip has the tied Chevrolet. They're putting on four brand-new tires and gasoline. Well, Sterling will not be the first car that's ever happened to our driver, our team. It happened to David Pearson at Darlington with the Wood Brothers. It also happened to Bobby Allison up at Pocono Raceway some years ago and a couple other cars that I can't think of off real hand, but there's been at least four or five times we've seen that over the years. Green flag is out. We'll go racing. Greg Sachs leads them out of turn number four. 
heads back into turn number one. Jeff Bodine is the second place car. Bill Elliott's back there locked up in some traffic trying to chase him down out of turn number two. Sachs leads the way. Earnhardt was able to get by him now and get one of his laps back. Now Bodine pulls up alongside the Rick Mast car, battles him for a second. Now Bodine clears that lap machine. Dale Earnhardt is running ahead of the lead car, but again, Dale Earnhardt is showing nine laps down at the last rundown. Maybe he is eight laps down at this moment, but still a good lead distance back behind the race leaders. Off turn number four, Greg Sachs again showing the way. Jeff Bodine is still within shouting distance. He's some four car lanes back. Then comes through race traffic, Bill Elliott. He's got his hands full with Dick Trickle and then Mark Martin there on the backstretch. Elliott's trapped behind the Rick Mast car and he's got the pressure from Dick Trickle right behind him. Now Elliott drops down to the inside of Rick Mast. Mast takes it high in the banking and turns three and four. Elliott clears. Also, Dick Trickle goes down to the inside of Mast. Elliott's just trying to get some clear space on the racetrack to kind of get going, get out of that traffic back there and work his way up on the leader as they head down the back stretch and up to three. Elliott clears those cars now and sets his sights on the next car in line. Another lapped machine. One lap down now. The Mike Waltrip car straight ahead for Elliott. Bill Elliott, what do you remember most about last year's win here at Bristol? You know, just the whole race the way it unfolded because uh, we didn't qualify, you know, no better than usual or, or really not much different. But there again, I was able to, to keep up, stay in the lead lap. And then as the race progressed, I started running pretty good. Next thing I know, I was leading the race. You know, and Jeff was probably a little bit quicker, but, you know, I was prepared to race him there the last 10 laps anyway. But just the situation that happened, you know, it, it turned out that when I spun out up there, you know, I came in and got four tires, and he did, and that's what won us the race. Well, right now, Bill Elliott and Jeff Bodine are among the top three battling here in the Valleydale 500, but the man leading the race is Greg Sachs. MRN Radio bringing you live coverage of the Valleydale 500. Michael Waltrip is trying to get back on the lead lap any way he can. He looks inside of Jeff Bodine and Greg Sachs, outside of Bodine and Greg Sachs. Now he's also got to cover the rear flank because Bill Elliott is there. It's going to be a heck of a shootout coming down the stretch, and it's nice to be able to see a race like this for Bobby Allison Barney, who's here visiting the racetrack, and it was nice to see uh, Bobby to spend time in the garage area chatting with everybody over the last couple of days. Well, it really has been. He's very interested in what was going to happen here this weekend. I know he was thrilled early this afternoon to watch Davey get up there and lead as much of this thing as he did. He's got to be thrilled with what's going on at the front of the pack right now. Michael Waltrip is getting tapped from the side, behind, everywhere else, and doing a little tapping on his own. Now, he can't really back out of the throttle and let those front runners go because he has a chance to get back on the lead lap and the way things have been going here today, anything can happen. So he's got to stay up there and do a little beating and banging, although I'm sure Bill Elliott's getting irritated right about now, along with Dick Trickle and everybody else back there. But he's not going to give an inch and can't blame him. They're back in three. Michael's got a fast car, as we've documented several times this afternoon. He can't quite get by the Jeff Bodine machine. Of course, Bodine is pretty busy with his own situation and trying to get around race leader Greg Sachs up front. Michael's got down underneath Bodine a couple of times, put the fender to him, and of course, Bill Elliott next in line. He is on the lead lap. He's trying to get by to get up there with the leaders. So it's a pretty busy place up here at the head of the field. Of course, at this point, Bill Elliott's car running well. So is Michael Waltrip. Waltrip is running probably as well, if not better, than some of the other leaders. So it's not a case of any one man holding anybody else up. They're all running in the same pace right now and just trying to scrap two guys to the lead and one guy to get back on the tail end of the lead lap. 450 laps on the board, 50 remain. 
Well, if he is able to make up three laps earlier this afternoon, you certainly got to give him credit that he's still got a shot to win this thing, but he is right in the thick of it right now. The leader is Greg Sachs. Jeff Bodine rides second. Third is Bill Elliott. Fourth is Dick Trickle. And fifth right now is Jim Sauter as they work out of turn number four, nose to tail. The only car that's pulling out a line and trying to find some place to go is Michael Waltrip is ahead for two. Michael tries again, looking to the outside of Jeff Bodine. Again, he's not on the lead lap, but he's working there with him. Now Bodine steps out of line, knows he's got to make a move here pretty shortly. Can't make his move, so again, he falls back in line behind Sachs. Bill Elliott continues to try and get up there and get right in behind Jeff Bodine. He can't do anything with Michael Waltrip. He had a fender alongside coming out of turn number four, but that's about as far as it comes. And now Elliott's got his hands full in danger of losing third spot. Trickle is underneath him. He's got it. Sauter goes with him, and Elliott is... Off the number two corner as Harry Gant loops his car around, spins it off turn number two, doesn't make contact with anybody, and here comes the caution flag for the 18th time this afternoon. They'll race back to the line. There'll be no change in the running order up there, but Gant has spun his car. He's heading over to Joe Moore. Looked like a slow-motion spin, Barney, as he came down to the inside of the racetrack, and we can't see any damage on the car. He just looped it, got on the brakes, and brought it to a halt there on the inside of the racetrack, and he looks like, uh, again, has no damage to the car at all. 39 laps to go here at Bristol, Tennessee. Rusty Wallace is the leaders. They've just put them back under green. Jeff Bodine rides second. Wallace really took off on that restart. He's pulled away now by about two and a half seconds over Bodine. Darrell Waltrip is now up to third. Fourth is Mark Martin. Back in fifth position is Davey Allison. In sixth spot right now is Dick Trickle. And seventh is Ricky Rudd. Back in eighth position. That belongs to Greg Sachs. And ninth right now is Davey Allison. And tenth is Bill Elliott. They're back at three. Single finals ahead back into the corner. Again, Rusty Wallace leads the way. Michael Waltrip is there, still trying to get back on the lead lap. Other cars running on the lead lap include Larry Pearson's machine. And with 463 laps on the board, everybody just holding their breath to see what's going to happen next. 18 times the caution flag has flown today. And right now it's Rusty Wallace in the Kodiak Pontiac. He told us earlier, he said, I'm going to go the distance, even though he didn't feel all that well throughout the weekend. Got to be feeling awfully fine right now. 32 laps remaining here in the Valleydale 500 at Bristol International Raceway. The lead is Rusty Wallace's. Second place belongs to Jeff Bodine. Darrell Waltrips is kind of lurking around there in third spot. Here come the leaders. We'll get the interval between first and second. Eight-tenths of a second right now from Rusty Wallace back to Jeff Bodine. 472 laps are complete. Barney Hall, you've been here. We talk about racing streaks. You've probably broadcast every race that they've ever run here at Bristol Raceway and then some here sitting here shaking your head back and forth like it's the first time you've ever seen this stuff. Well, I was just watching Michael Waltrip. He's really been uh, running with everybody up there. When Daryl caught him and he needed to get on around and move over, he moved over for his big brother. And now Daryl has his sight set on second place, Jeff Bodine, as they chase over into turn three. He's trying to track him down here. There's no lap traffic ahead of them except for the Brad T car. And Teague nicely moves down to the inside of the racetrack, so Bodine is able to get by. Now oh. one car breaks loose. It's Greg Sachs up in turn number three. He does loop the car one time, spun up the banking, a lot of tire smoke. He refires the car, and there's no other cars that come into contact with Sachs. 474 laps, and we have caution on the speedway as Greg Sachs' car just broke loose off the corner. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Looks like the car just kind of slid up the banking as he went into the corner. Sachs was back there among a pack of other cars trying to work their way through some of the lap traffic and uh, possibly made some contact as it came into turn number three. It's really touchy here at this end of the speedway. You don't uh, see cars get double wide too often here. When they do, a lot of times this is what happens. Greg Sachs again just kind of slid up the banking. A lot of tire smoke, but uh, obviously did not touch anything as far as the walls are concerned. Let's set the field in front of Joe Moore. 
Safety car leads the field back up at the banking of turn number three. Again, it's Rusty Wallace up front. In the second spot is Jeff Bodine. Third is Darrell Waltrip. In the fourth position now is Mark Martin. Fifth is Davey Allison. They're set to go. Pace car behind the pit wall. Harold Kinder has the green. It's out. We're going to conclude this one here very shortly. Rusty Wallace up through the gearbox. Hanging with him is Jeff Bodine. But Wallace again gets away. Talk about horsepower. Man, he's got it. He is long gone. Some eight or ten car lengths out of turn two. Wallace uses the lap car of Mike Waltrip to really get a good jump on Jeff Bodine. Now Bodine's just clearing the Waltrip car up in turn four. Here comes Rusty Wallace to the stripe. Let's get the interval after just one lap of racing. 1.1 seconds. That's what Rusty Wallace has jumped off to in just one half mile. Bodine follows him. He's in the second spot. Back in the third position now. Trying to find some room to get by the other traffic is Darrell Waltrip. He's trapped there with his younger brother. Darrell gets his car almost sideways as he gets squeezed in against the Dale Earnhardt car. And he was caught between Earnhardt and his little brother. Now he's still behind his younger brother, Michael Waltrip. They touch and Michael Waltrip's out of control out of turn number two. Darrell dives underneath him. Earnhardt does and caution for the 19th time make it the 20th time is on the speedway here at Bristol, Tennessee. Never seen anything like this since 1961. Larry Pearson, a lot of smoke out of his car. Apparently he's going to turn around coming out of turn number four. He does backs it out and just eases out to the wall. Didn't do that much damage to it but there's some sheet metal damage to the front. He got a part of that accident over there off turn two. Joe Moore? Well, it looked like Darrell was trying to get by his younger brother Mike. Mike wasn't going to move and Darrell just kind of bumped him. I don't know if maybe Mike got on the brakes or whatever, but the car spun around. Darrell dove down to the inside and a host of other cars also went down low and then in a completely unrelated incident, we saw the smoke coming out of Larry Pearson's car. As he came off turn four, that car just looped around and now he's in the pits here on the back straightaway. Let's go to Winston Kelly. And it's going to be a four-tire change for Larry Pearson to the Chattanooga Chew Buick. The crew are, is pulling away the sheet metal from the left front of the car. They're also pulling sheet metal away from the right rear. Not too much damage, so they should be able to complete, com- continue on. Larry Pearson was the car that was very close to Greg Sachs as they got involved in that accident over in turn number three. It's hard to tell if they touched, but he's been right up there all day. I'll talk about brotherly love. It went right out the window there because Daryl eased up on him. He'd run there a couple of laps. Michael had let him go one time. At that time, Daryl says, hey, I need to win this thing. Move. And he turned him around a little bit going off turn number two over there. So this one is far from being over. Wallace is the leader. None of the front runners come on to pit road now. Jeff Bonine is second. Daryl's up to third. As they ease over into the corner, Davey Allison is being posted fourth. The fifth place car right now as they head out of turn number two over there. Joe Moore can set the field the rest of the way back. Back in the fifth position behind Davey Allison looks like it'll be Dick Trickle. He's got some damage to the left or the right-hand side of his car. Alongside him, Mark Martin. They're trying to decide right now who's going to slide up into the next position. Then it's Jim Sauter followed by the Harry Gant car. 16 laps and it'll all be over if we can get that far with 20 <laughs> caution flags and may have a couple more yet before it's over. Rusty Wallace is the leader. Jeff Modine is second. Darrell Waltrip is third. Fourth is Davey Allison. Fifth is Mark Martin. Then comes Dick Trickle in sixth. Seventh, good run today for Jim Sauter. Eighth, Harry Gant. Ninth, they're posting Greg Sachs and rounding out the top ten. Ricky Rudd, then Bill Elliott. As they form up for a double file restart out of turn number two and head up the backstretch. Pontiac safety car leads the field. The lap car is down on the inside. They're led uh, by Dale Earnhardt, who's numerous laps down from the lead. Also, the Brad T car is there. Neil Bonnet lines up on the inside lane, as well as a Mike Waltrip car, Alan Kowicki, and further back, the Dale Jarrett car with a lot of damage to that machine, all falling into place here on the inside lane as we get ready to go back to green. They are showing Earnhardt eight laps down at this most recent rundown with 16 laps remaining in the running of the Valleydale 500. Elmo Langley, who's put a ton of laps on that safety car today, he pulls down pit road. Green flag from Harold Kinder and Rusty Wallace pulls away very quickly from Jeff Bodine. Remember, last time 
time on the restart. He picked up a second and a tenth in one lap there in turn two. Rusty Wallace is not going to get away this quickly this time. Jeff Bodine does away with the Dale Earnhardt car. He closes in on Wallace up in turn four. Earnhardt kind of moves down and lets the front three go to give him a little racing room. Wallace is a leader. Bodine a couple of car lengths behind. Make it three more back to Darrell Waltrip. And then it's a ways back now to Davey Allison and Mark Martin. Davey Allison is separated from the front three by the lap car of Dale Earnhardt. Then Mark Martin right up on Davey Allison's tail in turn four. 487 laps going up on the board and Harry Gant goes up on the banking. Does he keep it out of the wall? Yes. Super piece of driving for the Skull Bandit. He does bump off the Ricky Rudd machine. Has a little assist right there to kind of straighten himself out. But a save for Harry Gant that anyone would have been proud of. 488 laps now going up on the board. 12 to go and Jeff Bodine is closing in on Rusty Wallace. It'll be a couple of car lengths in turn two. Wallace takes him back into turn number two. Jeff Bodine is there within a couple of car lengths as they hit the back straightaway. Make it five car lengths back to the third place car of Darrell Waltrip. And Rick Mass has to make a late pit stop. Apparently cut a tire now and ducked onto pit road as this battle is about to be over here very shortly. The leader is Rusty Wallace. He's tough. Catching him, as we said, is one thing. Kind of like Earnhardt. He's pretty easy to catch sometimes, but it's awfully hard to do anything with him once you get up there. Jeff Bodine is there. Half a car length back. Darrell Waltrip has lost quite a bit of ground to the front three right now. Or front two, rather, as they work back to the start-finish line and head over to turn two. Rusty Wallace leads the way. Tries to hold his car there at the bottom of the racetrack. It drifts up just a little bit. Bodine now comes to him there on the inside of the racetrack, trying to get some ground to make a move, but it's not there. This time he looks to the outside of the racetrack, still following Rusty Wallace. And there's something wrong with Jim Sauter's car. What a heartbreaker. The Slender U team was battling for the win along there. They couldn't quite pull it out. He was battling for a position with Ricky Rudd and Bill Elliott and Greg Sachs, but something is amiss on the Slender U Pontiac. But for Jeff Bodine, he says, hey, I think I remember this situation from another race. He was battling Bill Elliott for the win just a year ago. Now he's battling Rusty Wallace for the win with eight laps to go. They're in turn two. Both cars climb the banking in turn number two. Wallace still maintains his lead by a car length over Jeff Bodine. Still about three or four car lengths back to Darrell Waltrip. Waltrip is closing in, though. Waltrip was eight-tenths of a second a moment ago behind the lead car, and now he's chopped it down to about ten or twelve car lengths as he gets even closer out of turn number two. Front three tighten up while further back. A little bit of an encounter between Mark Martin and the Dick Trickle car. Those two get together in turn number two, but Trickle is the one who comes out on top. He gets the spot and picks up five car lengths. Two laps down goes Jim Sauter after a change of tires on the slender U-car. The front three battling for the lead there in turn two. Wallace brings him off the corner again. The car breaks loose just a bit coming off turn number two. Bodine is there about a car length behind. Now add Walter to the equation. He too about a car length off the rear deck of Bodine. Five laps to go. The leader, Rusty Wallace, Jeff Bodine and Daryl Waltrip are all locked together less than three or four feet apart as they head off turn number two and back to three. Rusty Wallace has the Kodiak Pontiac in front of the two Chevrolets. Back into turn number three, this time making a two-car length separation ahead of the second-place car of Bodine. Rusty coming off the corner. Jeff Bodine is two-car lanes back. We see some smoke from behind the Greg Sachs car a bit further behind, and here goes Waltrip. He wants second. And he gets it down to the inside, goes Waltrip. He takes his Chevrolet underneath the Chevrolet of Bodine, quickly picks up the spot, and now he's trying to track down the leader, Rusty Wallace. Darrell Waltrip knows every inch of this racetrack. He made a move right to the bottom of the racetrack to get underneath Jeff Bodine as they whistle back into turn number one, and now they're going to catch some lap traffic, and that may be a factor in the conclusion of this one. First, they'll encounter the Rick Mast car. Mast drops down to the inside of the racetrack. Wallace is able to get by. Next, the Terry Labonte car off turn four. Rusty Wallace already has one win here at Bristol in his career. Two laps to go as he has worked free of traffic, and now Darrell Waltrip has four car lanes back. Here they come off turn number two. Once again, Rusty Wallace leading the way. Four car lanes separate him from Darrell Waltrip. Back into turn number four. Waltrip's trying to reel him in.
win. White flag for Rusty Wallace. One lap for Waltrip to do whatever he can. Left in this race is a head back to turn number one. The interval right there going off the corner. One car length. Waltrip pins his car right at the bottom of the racetrack trying to gain some ground. Knowing time's running out. He chases Wallace back into turn three. It's going to be a car length and a half at the finish, but Rusty Wallace comes off turn four to win the Valleydale 500. Waltrip goes in second. The battle for third. Bodine, Trickle, Davy Allison. Bodine gets third. The Trickle Allison call NASCAR is going to have to make for fourth and fifth spot. What an afternoon here at Bristol. Remarkable. Here at Bristol International Raceway, it is all over. Rusty Wallace picking up the victory over Darrell Waltrip. Third place going to Jeff Bodine. Davy Allison finishing in fourth just does outdistance Dick Trickle, who'll finish in fifth spot. Let's go downstairs and see whether our pit reporters have caught up with any of those gentlemen who are trying to unwind after this race. Winston Kelly? We've caught up with Darrell Walchip, who came home to a good, strong second place finish. He was just joking when he came out, said they ought to make this 600 laps. Looked like you had a lot of fun out there, Darrell. Oh, these little short races are hard to get used to, you know. We've been running these 500 milers here the last few weeks, but... Uh... My guys, again today, proved that if you got a good pit crew, you're going to win races. Thanks, Jeff. No, oh, I knew you shoved up. Thanks for giving me a little room. That's Jeff Bodine coming in to speak to Darrell Waltrip about how Darrell got under and around him. A lot of congratulations, kind word there. What happened when you and Michael got together over there in turn two? <laughs> well, that's one brother being a little more aggressive than the other one was. I thought he was going to move up and let me go by underneath because he knew I was racing with him guys, but... Uh, I think he zigged and I zagged, and uh, I guess you got to spin out somebody. I guess it'd be best if it's your brother anyway. <laughs> you kind of hung back all day, kind of back toward the bottom five or ten, back in seventh, eighth, ninth position. And then during one of our breaks, John McMullen, our producer, made a comment that old D.W. might come around. He had a heck of a run. We really did. Uh, track position was killing us. We got messed up on tires all day long. Finally, right there at the tail end, we got it where it was halfway decent, and uh, everything worked good after that. But... Like I say, we just needed about 10 more laps. Daggone it. That's Darrell Walter. He's fairly. Jessica and mom, dad, and everybody back in Franklin. That's Darrell Walter. He's happy with his second place finish. Right now, let's go to Victory Lane and check in with Jim Phillips. Well, it's been kind of another long week for Rusty Wallace at Bristol. A little illness, but boy, you came out on top today. Yeah, you sure did. You know, uh, we worked all day trying to get the car right. We were a little bit behind at the beginning. You know, we're back there 8th, 9th, and 10th all day long. Finally, we hit on a good setup right there at the very end, and the guys gave me a great pit stop, and I was able to get in real fast before the guys in the back straight we could pit and get back out because the people on the back straight were really killing us today. And uh, I was able to dart in. The guys put a good four-tire stop on me, and uh, I was just holding on. And the car was running good. I started pulling away from Jeff, and then when I seen Daryl get behind me, I said, well, I don't know. He looks pretty tough, too. About 500 laps on the new surface. Well, my neck always gets tired here all the time. I exercise a lot. My brother Kenny and I have been doing the same thing, and I didn't even feel any pain whatsoever. I believe the track's in great condition. Uh, the roughness is gone, and I think that is part of the thing that used to make the drivers tired. And uh, uh, She's my favorite track. It's where I got my first win, and uh, that Charlotte Motor Speedway, Martinsville, place like that, you know. But uh, this one pulled for, through for me again. Well, there is some damage to the Kodiak Pontiac. Well, if you don't come here with a couple fenders knocked off, there's something wrong, I think. And I knocked the rear end off and the front end off, so got both ends. Well, it's a great victory for you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I'd just like to thank uh, Pontiac Mobile One, AC Spark Plugs, my sponsors, Kodiak, car owner Raymond Beadle and the whole crew, and my wife Patty and all of them. I'd like to thank everybody. That's Rusty Wallace. He's the winner of the Valleydale 500. Let's go to Winston Kelly. With Jeff Bodine, who came home third. Jeff, kind of an unusual day. Unusual, I guess. Uh, we ran very well. We're, we're real pleased with uh, the car, the way it ran. Uh, the team did a great job in the pits. Uh, 
You know, we ran the Hoosier tires all day long. We did have some problems, but it was because our car was out of adjustment. Once we got the car back in adjustment, the tires were okay. And there at the end, it was shaping up to be a good battle. Uh, Rusty was getting a little loose. He was coming off the corner sideways, and I was really hooked up, but had a right front tire go flat, ran over something out there, and, uh, of course, I fell back to third. Daryl got by me, and he ran a great race, and we ended up third, but... <laughs> In this business, you just take what you get and you smile and go on home and come back next week and do it again. The, the key, the, the reason I'm smiling so, so big and my team is so happy, you know, we're running good. We're competitive. We haven't missed a race yet. We weren't perfect at Darlington, but we still had a good run. And so that's what makes us happy. And uh, we think that's going to continue all year long. And there's rumors going around here right now that I might be in a points lead. So you wouldn't come out of here in all, all that bad of shape. So we're very happy to run today. Hi, Kathy, Matt, Barry. Love you. See you. See you in a little while. What do you attribute all the caution flags to? The new track, the tires, what? We were having a lot of flat tires. I, I really don't know what caused that. Debris uh, hey, or uh, we got some Milwaukee people behind us. Or it was the track was tearing up a little bit. A brand new surface hadn't been run on much. We dug it up a little bit. So we were running over some of that rock, some of that asphalt. And, when you're going into these corners as fast as we were today, putting as much pressure on that tire as we were, a little pebble can go right in there and puncture it. And that's what I think was happening today. Well, that's Jeff Bodine. He came home third this afternoon. He had a real good, strong run. It's one of the best races I've ever seen at Bristol. Can you imagine seeing the show on a Saturday night? Had this been a Saturday night, the place would have been lit up all night with sparks flying off the cars and the track and everything else. Let's go back to Jim Phillips. Well, we're caught up with Davey Hallison to moving the truck here. Davey? You went to Richmond. You had a provisional start. You finished great. Same thing here at Bristol. Well, you know, we ran pretty decent here last last summer. Uh, we finished fourth in that race also, but we were lapped down. Today we're a little bit more in the hunt. Our Texaco Havlin Star Thunderbird ran good. I was trying to get by Jeff there at the end. He crowded me. I tried to give him a little shove, but, you know, you got to be a sportsman about it. And he had the racetrack, and I just didn't have enough time to get around him. And Dick Trickle ran awful good, too. But the, the congratulations got to go to Rusty Wallace. He, he drove a good race. He stayed out of trouble. And, he was around at the end up front. There was certainly a lot of trouble on the racetrack today. Oh, man, I'll tell you what, it was a mess out there. There was wrecks everywhere, and I had to drive through a couple of them. But Tony Price and, and all the guys at the shop have, have just done a super job on our on our cars, and, and I was able to steer right on through the wrecks and miss all of them. Your dad was here watching the race today. Yeah, I'll tell you, that, that was a real treat to have him up here. You know, he hadn't been to many races, but uh, he's come along real good. Maybe we'll get to see him at a lot more of them here real soon. That's Davey Allison. He comes on fourth this afternoon. Let's go to Winston Kelly. We've caught up with Dick Trickle, who came home in fifth. Dick, a wild finish between yourself, Jeff Bodine, and uh, Davey Allison. They're indicating that you came home in fifth, and Davey was fourth. It was side-by-side side coming across the stripe. Some more finish. Well, I think we uh, beat Davey, but we'll have to go with what the officials come up with. Uh, I'd like to thank the, the Stavola Miller High Life Buick team for the work they've done and uh you know we started out with a loose car today and jimmy Henning got her tightened up for me and and you know we did the best that we could with the car and uh we had a radio problem we kept coming in trying to fix the radio so we'd have them at the end of the race so that kept getting me backed up from behind and you know the team just did a terrific job the pit stops were great uh we'll take this one home and and hope for better the next time that's Dick Trickle. He had an outstanding run, the top-finishing rookie in fifth position. 
Let's take a look at the full rundown for today's running of the uh, Valleydale 500. Rusty Wallace, a winner. Darrell Waltrip finishes second. Jeff Bodine, third. Fourth to Davey Allison. Dick Trickle, fifth. Sixth to Mark Martin. Seventh to Greg Sachs. Eighth to Ricky Rudd. Ninth to Bill Elliott. Tenth to Harry Gant. Mike Waltrip, eleventh. Twelfth to Neil Bonnet. Thirteenth to Jim Sauter. Rick Mass, fourteenth. Sterling Marlin, fifteenth. Dale Earnhardt, sixteenth. Brad Teague, seventeenth. Larry Pearson, eighteenth. Nineteenth to Eddie Beerswall. And rounding out the top 20, Alan Kulwicki. Rick Wilson was 21st, 22nd, Dale Jarrett, Phil Parsons, 23rd, Terry Labonte was 24th, 25th goes to Lake Speed, Morgan Shepard is 26th, 27th is Bobby Hillen, Ernie Irvin finishes 28th, 29th goes to Brett Bodine, 30th was Hutch Strickland, 31st was Kenny Schrader, and that brings us up to date with Butch Miller being the last car on the rundown. Our thanks to Martha Oliver and Augusta Johnson on the scoring loop. Our production assistant was Ted Stone, Joe Moore, Jim Phillips, Winston Kelly, Barney Hall, and I'm Eli Gold. That's the MRN crew. Thanks for joining us, and congratulations to Rusty Wallace, winner of today's Valleydale 500. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.